It's time to get activated, gamers, because you're listening to the Gigaboots Game of the Year 2022, featuring Dan and Bob Video Games. Bob, I've decided they're all Game of the Year. Even high on life? No. Chris Wolfhart! Not guilty of insider trading. Dr. Agro. I'm glad I spent this whole year knowing I'd be on this podcast. This episode features outrageous categories such as... So grab your nuggies and Mountain Dew gamers, sit back in your race car chair and get ready because the Gigaboots Game of the Year 2022 Pod Extravaganza starts right now! Yippee! We finally made it. Game of the Year 2022 is finally concluding now with our top 10 lists, both individual and as a group of what is the games of the years. We're actually, no, the year. We've got everyone. We've got Bob. Hey, guys. We've got Agro. Hey. We've got Chris. Ready to be right. (laughs) We've got me as your host, Dan Video Games. I'm very excited to talk about my top 10, but before I get to that, I have two segments to lead into it. See, there's usually runners-up, but there's actually one category below this. The games I have to apologize to. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to put out a public apology to Sifu. I should have played that game. (laughs) I played like 40 minutes and it was great. Why didn't I buy and play that game, Bob? I don't know, Dan. I had all year. Yeah, that was February. Yes. As is the next one, Pokemon Legends Arceus. Now, there is a reason I did not prioritize playing this game for Game of the Year, and that is because I genuinely did not want to have two Pokemon games in my top 10 list in such a strong year when we had such a strong variety of really good games. And I have seen hours and hours of Bob playing Legends Arceus, and I know it would have landed on my top 10 list. Absolutely would have happened, but... I want to put focus on things that aren't that. So I pushed that off. Maybe we'll do a Pokemon days for that because I'm pretty blind. Not that blind. So that's another game I have to apologize to. And because of Chris, I have to apologize to Ask Libra Revision. (laughs) I did not play this game. I ran out of time. The timer went out. I heard a buzz and then we started recording. It was literally (laughs) like a basketball game. I ran the clock out. Don't, don't worry, Dan. I finished Ashley Revision 15 minutes before we started recording this. <laughs> <laughs> From the three-point line, Chris throws. The timer goes out. Uh, okay. Now for my runners-up. Runner-ups. Runners-ups? <laughs> Runner- <laughs> <sighs> First one I got a list. Um, Rogue Legacy 2. Rogue Legacy 2 is really, really great. It is an improvement in so many countless ways over the first one. I've not beaten this game, though. And while it is fantastic, it's not a novel experience. That's fantastic as well. I think my list is pretty full of those, in a sense. So, did not make my top 10 list. Pointy. Pointy, you're a strong game with a bad finish. <laughs> Absolutely joyous game. Really super fun. I hated what is required to beat that game. And it was just I don't understand, outperformed Dan. this year. What's up? Pointy sweep. What happened? I saw it was going to be your number one game. <laughs> you know, I thought Pointy was going to make my top 10 too until a month ago when I started cramming games down my goal and went, oh, this is pretty good stuff. 
the mobile gamer tries a real game and is like, wow, this is so much better than a mobile game. <laughs> I said it. He steps outside into the sun. He's just like, what is this? Is this light? Uh, yeah, point B is really good. It would have been nice if there was like a, how do we put this? Like a console version that was like, had a better ending. I don't know. Anyways, I thought it was fantastic. Uh, from the creator of uh, uh, Downwell. It is up well because point B goes up. Completely different. Uh, next honorable mention. Various Day Life. If I had had more time, this game could have made my list. However, there's entirely the possibility that goes to crap after the point I've played. So I'm not going to nominate it. It is absolutely delightful for anyone who doesn't know. It's a game where it's kind of like a menu-driven JRPG system where in the town you go around, you have friends, you help them out at their jobs in order to make money and increase your stats. You level up through doing work instead of through battling in battles. And there is still questing and stuff. It is a very minimal game. But unlike Harvestella, they at least chopped $30 off the price. So that way it is both budget in the production value and the MSRP. So thank you for doing that at least. <sighs> now the controversial runner-up. God of War Ragnarok. This game's really great. It has amazing building out of characters from the prior game. Fantastic new characters. Amazing performances and some great combat, but it just does not do it for me for some reason. Mm. And maybe that's because I was not in the right space for it anytime remotely near after when it came out. I don't regret playing it at all. It was a great game in a year where fewer things came out and were amazing and so different and new as experiences. Just like Rogue Legacy 2, this would have absolutely made my list. Or if it had a techno soundtrack, that was really good. <laughs> Come on, new IP. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so excited. I I hope I hope things work out over there at Sony Santa Monica and they get to make some cool new thing. But yeah, God of War Ragnarok was an, an exceptional experience and I really enjoyed it. There were some parts of that story that hit me really, really hard. But it was a great game with some amazing stuff all throughout. Anyways, uh, let's get to my top 10. Uh, definitely more amazing in every way possible than uh, God of War Ragnarok. My number 10, No More Heroes 3 on PS5. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the game finally shipped. It runs well. It loads fast. It's fantastic. I did not for a second even drop levels in enjoyment the entire way through this time. This should have been the way the game shipped in the first place. It was so unfortunate. It was locked to the Switch. A console clearly not designed to run what this game was trying to do. With the giant open worlds and all these mini games that you load into. You know, you bring that over to the PS5. It's so instant. It performs so well. It just is so much better in experience. That racing game is unbelievably trash on the Switch. Just burnable refuse. But on the PS5, it is... Tolerable. Whoa, man. <laughs> hey, when you make the worst part of your game tolerable just by porting your game, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, how, did you do the mine section? Yeah, the mine section was also more tolerable because you okay. load into it instantly. Yeah, that always helps. Uh, it also helps when your game runs well and registers the buttons I'm pushing. <laughs> yeah, playing that game at like 100 frames per second and loading everything instantly was so cool. It was such a great experience. This is the exact niche, I think, that I love and want to see more of in gaming. 
where it's not like we're pushing the latest and greatest. It's like we made it on the Legend 4 game in a couple of years and it runs well. <laughs> it, it was a great experience. I really loved going through that game again. Number nine is a game that I have. Uh, I am flabbergasted that more retro streamers aren't playing Gotta Protectors Cart of Darkness. This game is really great fun. It's up to four players. It's like a hack and slash top-down perspective with amazing retro art. You know, it's like blown up NES sprites sort of things. It's made by uh, Yuzo Koshiro's uh, dev company, Ancient. And it has a really great soundtrack. Really fun co-op game. Like absolutely hilarious writing. And uh, it's, it's, it's so great. It's like genuinely one of the greatest four-player co-op things made since the PS5 came out. It's on the Switch only right now, which is unfortunate. Yeah, I don't see that changing either. It feels like you never ports them. And it took forever to even make it over. Yeah. Yeah, but it was it's a great game. Uh for people I know the last time I talked about on this is this on Big Thing, people were like, How do I spell that? G O T T A Gata Protectors Cart of Darkness. My number eight's Neon White. I'm sure someone here will elaborate even more on why Neon White is absolutely great, but uh, I'm just going to tell the smallest anecdote in the world. I look over at Bob and go, Bob, I'm cramming for game of the year. I, I don't have time to get the best score on my friend's list. <laughs> you yeah, fool. sure. Uh, I spent six hours getting the top speed on every freaking level for my entire friend's list for the first 30 levels. <laughs> the game is so brilliant in the ways that it incentivizes and re- incentivizes you to try harder and then reveals new layers. Like, oh, you got the best you could at running this incorrectly. Let me show you the correct way. Uh, I played it on PC where no goblins ran off with my save file. I am so sorry, Aggro. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a disaster. Look forward to my runners-up <laughs> list. <laughs> uh... So that was my number eight. My number seven is Stray. Stray has a fantastic world. And just like I felt with Kenna Bridge of Spirits, it was a really great way to just really soak in the environment and explore a nice narrative as you do gameplay that's kind of atypical. Like exploring as a cat and doing all these things was so good. And the emotional impact of the story and the reveals and the way they were written, it really lands. Stray was an absolutely great experience. And... um I'm really glad that game came out. Number six, Spark the Electric Chester 3. When Chris said something along the lines of, you play this game and you realize that more could have been done with 3D Sonics, like this fires and is balanced in a number of different ways that you just sit there and go, Sonic Team, why aren't you doing this? I genuinely thought maybe this was one of those things of like people say, you know, this thing is greatest thing and you do direct comparisons. So I came in with an open mind. I didn't realize that's literally how you described the game. Yeah. It is basically a Sonic Adventure 3 that came out 10 years later is what it feels like. It is so deeply well thought out in so many different ways mechanically. And when it comes to scale and everything else, it has been enjoyable to play in a way that I feel like no recent Sonic game has been for me. And since it's at the indie level, you get the idea that they're all in on this because it's like, one guy whereas a lot of the sonic games since um unleashed it feels like they didn't really get the backing of sega proper you know they're shipping early things are very low budget etc etc uh 
This was a great game. I enjoyed the entire playthrough. That ending freaking rules. <laughs> when they bring this thing to consoles, which I'm I'm pretty sure they announced, right? They need to make sure to get the high frame rate mode because that makes flying through those levels so much cooler. Just seeing it go that smoothly past you. Yeah, I don't know if they announced anything because I know 2 never made it to console. 2 was turned down by Nintendo and they never said why. <laughs> think they announced something for three but i could absolutely be wrong on that i don't think i don't think they've announced a console release yet they should they really should yeah no i think this could reach a really large audience on console do you think people on console might like sonic the hedgehog like games (laughs) (laughs) they just might Uh, the success the success of freedom planet might argue that they do my number five is harvestella i wish this game was cheaper so that way more people could play it harvestella is a really great collection of stories about a lot of things. You meet people in all these different villages and help them in their very specific quests, very specific struggles in life. You help keep villages together, and it weaves a very interesting world with gameplay that is so light and aerodynamic that it doesn't take away from the focus on the story. And it is the type of action RPG I tend to prefer where it is light enough to not feel needy right with action rpgs i really prefer either you have an insane amount of depth and you feel great and you're practically an action game or you're kind of simpler like this or trials of mana Mm. that's how i feel on that and this landed that had the stripped down mechanics for farming and all these other things in the game that just made it an absolutely delightful thing. Um, if we had done best soundtrack, Harvestella's soundtrack would have been my pick. It really was one of the best soundtracks of the year. It is so good and so emotional. Harvestella is a great game. I also hear it as a shadow assassin. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Bob, are you talking about the shadow assassin? It could be anyone, guys. Keep your eyes out. Uh, on a highly related note of games I wish more people could play (laughs) by pricing them a little bit lower punch win which is like penguin Mm. but punch Mm. oh (laughs) yep (laughs) I just got that (laughs) I literally just went oh okay the people who made the tourist and uh, fast RMX uh, are are making a a puzzle game that's neat Uh, punch win got it and then weeks later, when I finally had time for it, I go and look at the, the Nintendo Switch store page, and I'm like, oh, it's a penguin that punches. I see. <laughs> uh, punch win for people who haven't uh, played it, which is everyone ever, is a puzzle game wherein instead of uh, using a cursor to select the play field, you move your character around the play field to enforce your actions on the tiles and things. So instead of having a cursor like Tetris Attack... You move your punch win around and you punch the hell out of these blocks to knock them out of the way to do match three and all sorts of other mechanics. It is excellent. It is my favorite one of these ever. It is superb. It is. It's so hard to make a good puzzle game ever. We had so many failed attempts during seventh gen when people were like, dude, downloadable games are a thing. Awesome. I'm going to make a puzzle game. So it's called Trash Panic. And I'm like, is it because the game's trash? (laughs) And they're like, damn it. He found out. (laughs) (laughs) 
But it's so funny how bad it is. No, you're thinking of Numblast. <laughs> <laughs> Numblast has a monkey spit up an egg. That is funny. Yes, it's funny, but it's also too vicious. <laughs> Bob says this because math is involved. Yes, it's like evil Sudoku. <laughs> Bob, normal Sudoku is evil Sudoku. I know, it's even more powerful. Oh my god. But seriously, Punchwin, $15 game, really short. You can beat it in under two hours. There's a multiplayer. No one's ever going to play it with me. It is a fantastic game. It has a cute little story that's like absolutely paper thin. It's like rice paper. <laughs> you can see right through every element of it. There's a little bit of a progression system to upgrade your abilities. Like you can go and buy uh, consumables that will clear the entire play field of trash. So that way you're not buried under the weight of the game. Uh, you can upgrade how your punching works and how fast it can break the ice blocks that fall. You can get a double jump. I cannot stress how high of praise it is for me to say this game is my favorite puzzle game where you directly control the character. That is such a hard thing to nail, but this absolutely does it. And I really hope Punchwin comes to other platforms because more people deserve to play this game. Wario's Woods and Shambles. Yes. I played a lot of Wario's Woods as a kid. Critter Crunch dying. <laughs> it choked, Bob. That was the problem. <laughs> My number three, based purely on what numbers in the title alone, is Xenoblade Chronicles 3. <laughs> Absolutely incredible JRPG. I really enjoyed it. It, it really excels in so many different ways. Um, I still don't, like, even having beaten it, I don't find the combat that great, but I did, like, it's serviceable. And so many things throughout the game are fantastic and enjoyable and upgrade systems. I wish crafting wasn't the most insane thing in the world. I'm just like, you want to spend hours trying to get this one thing to drop? And I'm like, I, I can just level. Is there going to be DLC content that's just like, you, do you have maxed out gems, sir? <laughs> God. Uh... I really enjoyed Xenoblade Chronicles 3. It's a game that truly lives in impact. It is absolutely deserving of being remembered as one of the top games of 2022. There are so few shortcomings. That's why it made it up to my number three. It, it really is a great experience, and I'm glad I got to do it. I am never going to play another Xenoblade game. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, you don't know. They might make four. Yeah, yeah uh, if they make a four, I actually will give that a chance. I just find it way too oh, funny to say I shit thought like that. That was your declaration. Never again. <laughs> Can't be topped. <laughs> I, I'm going to turn it. Congratulations, Xenoblade fans. You got me, a Persona 5 fan, in your ranks. Oh, Persona 5 so great. Have you played the others? No, and I never will. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I I would go back and play two if it weren't insanely blurry, and uh, one is also equally blurry. So the temporal AA really did work in this game to make it not the blurriest game I've ever fucking seen. So thank you. Uh, but we're gonna move on to my number two. Pokemon Violet is the best Pokemon game since Black and White. I would drop a mic, but that wouldn't convey well on audio. <laughs> One of the things that Pokemon struggles with sometimes, many times, is writing good companions and writing good rivals. And they did a fantastic job this time, basically writing three. And they're all different, and their stories and what they focus on are very, very different, too. They nailed that so well. And there are countless other things about this game that are great. 
it looks like an N64 game that's dying. (laughs) (laughs) But it is an absolutely incredible experience, and I love it so much. I've never been more positive about Game Freak in the future of Pokemon. Well, no, that's not true. That happened during 5th gen. (laughs) Then X and Y showed up. So anyway, hope the next one isn't X and Y too. Um, Pokemon Violet was absolutely incredible. My number one is Gran Turismo 7. You know that thing I I just said about Pokemon has not been so good since Pokemon Black and White? Mm. Multiply that length of time by two. That is the Gran Turismo franchise. Three was incredible. Four was great. And since then, technology itself has been working against making these games incredible experiences. <laughs> Jesus. We're talking constant screen tearing, massive load times, huge installs. It just drains all the fun out of it. And then Gran Turismo 7 lands and it's like everything loads instantly. Everything looks incredible. There's no screen tearing. It, it is an amazing experience in HDR. One of the best looking HDR things I've ever seen. And on top of all of this, they have the smartest structure for a campaign mode in a driving simulator ever, where it's just like each time you're going to get this subset of missions and these missions will get you into the world of caring about Italian front wheel drive cars. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I'm just like, what am I really going to care about? And it's like that thing where you're, you think, nah, that's not going to, and then you're like, I really do respect them. The innovation they did. It, it, it is such a great experience playing through this game. The only unfortunate thing, they did not have the streamer mode enabled at launch. They didn't patch that in yet. So a huge chunk of the opening streams that I did for this game are just gone because of copyrighted music. Gran Turismo 7, though, is so incredible. Very excited next month to put on PSVR 2 and shit my pants trying to play this game. (laughs) Going 90 miles an hour in a car. And it's just terrifying. I never expected Gran Turismo 7 to be this incredible. Because it feels like we finally hit the one that's better than the rest of the franchise. I cannot speak highly enough of Gran Turismo 7. But with that, I'm done with my top 10. And my apologies. (laughs) (laughs) And my runner-ups. So, we're going to head over to Aggro for Aggro's top 10. Uh, Interestingly, uh, I also had uh, a game that I wanted to apologize to. Uh, Actually, two of them. There were were two entries in the Voice of Cards series that came out this year. And I just didn't get around to them. Due to certain circumstances, as many listeners may be aware of, I had no idea I was doing a Game of the Year podcast for most of the year. (laughs) So I did a lot of dicking around and playing other games and old shit. Surprise! (laughs) (laughs) Fucking spear erupts out of his bedroom wall. Absolutely adored the first Voice of Card games. Played a couple hours of the second one. There's some of my, I mean absolutely favorite RPG experiences, but I just couldn't get them in this year. And then there was, um, and then there's neon white, (laughs) (laughs) a game that I can attest is spectacular in form and gameplay and disappeared my fucking save file. (laughs) I honestly, I wouldn't hold it against it like shit happens, but I went to Google it and all the posts were like, yeah, apparently it's a thing. I'm waiting for a patch. And that's 
unacceptable. Yeah, that's that's no. Your 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 safe system has to work. It, it, it's twenty twenty three. Yeah, it's twenty twenty three. What in the world, Agro? Um, you were playing PS five, right? Right. What the fuck? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I feel like there have been multiple indie games on PS5 this year that have had problems like this, like Cult of the Lamb. Oh, Cult of the Lamb had that issue on PC, too, so oh, God. you can't even tie that to PS5. Ask me how I know. Don't ask me how I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's all the front-loading I can do to, to forestall having to do a top 10 list in front of the internet. <laughs> <laughs> So my number 10 hmm. uh, was a game that kind of snuck up on me, uh, really surprised me how much I've enjoyed it and how much I've just been playing it, and that's Vampire Survivors. Yeah. It uh, it was a cool little time waster I picked up because Chris said it was neat and it turned out I'd played it three or four times in phone <laughs> game clones beforehand. <laughs> And I honestly think the experience was elevated by having played the clones first because they just take the basic gameplay and, you know, strip it down to mobile games and put a microtransaction shop in there and call it a day. And then I started playing Vampire Survivors itself and realized how deeply weird it is and Byzantine and how there's more to just surviving a 30-minute level when you start really digging into the game. There's weird shit to find out and freaky stuff to see, and it's it's a weird-shaped game, but it's it's worth your time. So few things in the world... Like, a lot of games are fun. So few games are genuinely interesting. Yeah. My number nine, and it's only this far down the list because... I haven't put as much time into it as it deserved uh, is going to be Harvestella. Hell yeah. Uh, I have spoken before how this game is just smooth and creamy the whole way through. (laughs) Uh, As Dan described it, it is way down on this end of the action RPG where it's, it's like light MMO combat where you stand there and you hit the attack button and you watch your cooldowns and then the fight's over. (laughs) yeah (laughs) and every time i think this game is its writing is just fluff and nonsense and it's just kind of half of a meme and half moe blob it'll (laughs) throw a quest at you and you're like oh shit there's a whole world of depth here and actual human emotion behind all of these incredibly over-designed outfits on cute girls. Yeah. It is, uh, I mean, it's basically the video game equivalent of hooking up a saline drip and just coasting. It is (laughs) immaculate. Uh, My number eight is going to be Stray. And I hated putting it this far down on the list, but it's been a hell of a year. (laughs) (laughs) When Stray came out, I heard a lot of people's complaints of that it's, you know, too short, which that's as may be. It depends on what you want out of a game. It's too short and it's too easy and and the puzzles are dumb. Stray is less of a game you beat and more of a trip you take. Stray is a pitch perfect, thoughtfully constructed mood piece. It is an experience. 
And it's it's one of those games that stays with you. And every now and then you'll catch yourself just hitting that groove that game left you in and smiling. It is a trip worth taking. And you play as a cat in a robot city. I mean, what the fuck uh, else oh, yeah. do you want? Fuck, did I not mention that? <laughs> <laughs> Seems like the most important part. God damn it, I'm so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> My number seven for 2022, uh, coincidentally, is history's perennially strongest seven, <laughs> Horizon Forbidden West. That's really, that is the strongest seven under the sun. <laughs> uh, as, as most of you know, I am Horizon's strongest champion. Uh and Forbidden West does some shit uh, in the back half. But all the way up to that, it's one of those games that takes everything you liked in the first game. If you liked the first game, I've heard there are some people that did not. Uh, it takes everything you liked in the first game, expands, improves, and polishes it out. Uh, it's It was just a joy to play the entire way through. It's just one of those games where there's always more to do and I'm always excited to go do it. And it's a modern video game that included a goddamn at ladle, something <laughs> I have been screaming about for like 20 years. Fuck bows and arrows. At ladles are where it's at. <laughs> Completely underrepresented category. Uh, I also like, I have a, a habit of forgiving a lot of horizons faults because I have just a 110% buy-in on the setting. So I know when I'm playing about it and talking about it, I'm giving it a shit ton of rope all the time. And so normally on content, I, I wouldn't champion horizon as hard as I'm going to in the back half of this recording, because <laughs> this is my top 10 game of the year list. And it's what's in my heart. Yeah, that's what you got to do. Speaking of things that, uh, based on how other people talk about them, were apparently just for me, uh, my number six is Triangle Strategy. <laughs> I'm beginning to believe that I may love this genre, Western fantasy with a painterly Final Fantasy Tactics. It's Final Fantasy Tactics. Games that are trying <laughs> to be Final Fantasy Tactics. I think I may love this genre more than I love any game in it. <laughs> There's something about it that just massages my brain. I do find myself wishing there were more Final Fantasy Tactics likes. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, I've heard people complain that the th this game is opaquely written. It's incredibly boring and stilted. And those people are wrong and should go read a book over a fifth grade reading level. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard people complain that the um, three-way moral choice system is incomprehensible and wonky and kind of random at times. And yeah, that's fair. There's there's some hidden numbers going on in this game that uh, could potentially fuck you over. I've, I've gotten pretty lucky uh, after a few choices. I went and read up on how that system works and it's not great, but it never got in my way. So it doesn't count as bad for me. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> this is basically the same thing as like my neon white safe didn't get stolen by an internet goblin <laughs> right it is a 
pile of quality of life improvements for the strategy genre. It, it does a bunch of stuff. I wish these games would do more often. Like instead of making me recruit classes, it just gives me a bunch of neat characters who do unique things. It cuts the grind way the hell down. I know some people think this is kind of a cop-out and it really robs you of having to truly strategize, but magic goes off immediately and there's no friendly fire and it's the best thing ever. And I don't care if that makes me a baby. Give me my binky. I'm going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> love the characters. Love the story. They're both stock as hell, but I'm that guy who will watch the same story in 15 Kung Fu movies and then ask for a 16th. So it's right <laughs> up my alley. I love stock. I love rote. I love tradition. Could have. Could have been named better, but you know what? That font's pretty classy, so I guess we'll just call that a wash. <laughs> did I did I ever tell you that the various day life producers the same as Triangle Strategy Men, and this is just how he names everything? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. They, they need to take that font away from that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so number five was another surprise to me. Uh, I, I picked it up on a lark. Cyberpunk 2077. which we are counting for this year because it's it's finally out and playable (laughs) that's true it's it's next gen versions did come out this year or in 2022 and as we know before that there was only the pc version and two dumpster right like if you get delisted your game stops counting (laughs) yeah there's a there was a lot of talk when the game came out about what cyberpunk was supposed to be and then the large clangorous hollow sound of what cyberpunk wasn't. But I believe there is a lot of value in what cyberpunk was. And it it wasn't the heaven sent perfect RPG they were promising. It it really was just that open world do quest story driven wonky shooter put stats and stuff computer rpg that we've we've seen before but it is a genuine improvement a real evolution of that genre everything that is in that genre that you're used to they just do it a step better the way they handle dialogue the the, the way they handle skills really how cool and interconnected and potent your skills can be in the world it, it's it's one of those games that strives to give you a world with stuff in it and tools to interact with that stuff and if you figure out a way to completely trivialize all of the content in a section good job you played the game really well a lot of games will try to make a, a world feel lived in and and alive and dynamic by putting a whole bunch of random shit in it that turns out to be annoying the way cyberpunk handles timed quests and trying to dole your story out. So it feels like, you know, you're living in night city and running and shit. I I likened it to how, um, insomniac Spider-Man in a much more linear fashion gave you the feeling of trying to balance Peter Parker's dual life where you're out doing crime and then, or crime fighting. And then suddenly you get a phone call from <laughs> you're out doing crime with Spider-Man. You suddenly get a phone call from Mont May and Oh fuck. I got to get over there. Cyberpunk. The, the, the systems they have in place for when NPCs call you, how long it takes, how jobs are staggered. It really did 
give me that immersive feeling of being a guy in a busy city with a lot on his plate, having to pick which things I'm doing when it's just, it's that open world game you've played before, but everything's a little bit better. And if you can make a game that elevates a genre, you succeeded. This is the moment at the end of the 90s film when the entire audience stands up and applauds. <laughs> Agro's teacher and mentor just just one tear down the side of his cheek as he goes, the son of a bitch did it. He did it. <laughs> and then I turn off all of their eyes with my crazy computer brain. <laughs> and then spiders and a shotgun that kills God. <laughs> my number four for this year uh, is Pokemon Scarlet. And it's going to be really hard to figure out which one's better, Scarlet or Violet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there, there, there are huge areas in this game like that feel scooped out because it got pushed to ship and they did not take long enough to finish this game, but fuck me. The stuff that's done that's in there is amazing. Um, I mean, I, I didn't play, uh, legends Arceus cause, uh, I don't, I don't play betas or pre-releases. <laughs> <laughs> so getting to play Scarlet warts and all was, is, I mean, you know, it's, it's when they make a new Pokemon game with cool new features and it's really exciting because Pokemon's good. What else can you say? It's also got a, a, a tiny gremlin with a, a incredibly huge hammer. <laughs> it's true. Tinkaton oh, yeah. is so high on the list of Pokemon designs ever made. Yeah, the, the, the this is one of the strongest new lineups we've had. All right. My number three is going to go to Kirby and the Forgotten Land. One of the most video game shaped video games I've ever played. It's really rare to pick up something so simple and so engaging that's just a joy from beginning to end and have so many things that are potentially fetish bait but never feel weird or creepy. Oh, no. <laughs> that's we, the magic. We call that avoiding a totally spice. <laughs> Thank you, Sakurai. All right, I, I just about broke my back deciding between one and two. That's how it always goes. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> because they're, they're both very different, like diametrically opposed in the same weight class. But at the end of the day, uh, my number two went to Elden Ring. I mean, you've played it. You've been on the internet. It's, hey, what if everything good about every Souls game was in one giant game that was, you know, Souls Breath of the Wild, and it was amazing and huge, and now you had a jump button. Uh, th that game, like, not since, or, I mean, I don't want to say not since, but it, it harkened back to, like, Ocarina of Time, that feeling, walking out in the Hyrule field and thinking, I'm going on an adventure. There's just always one more hill to climb and some weird fucking thing over that hill and some NPC sitting next to it ready to say something unhelpful and then maybe stab you when you turned around. Uncreative <laughs> <laughs> Times should just have more random NPCs that cut you. <laughs> it really should. <laughs> 
Uh, they'll probably fix that in the Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> I did not uh, beat Elden Ring. I did not play as much Elden Ring uh, as I wanted to because I, I, I've never gotten the getting part of good down as a science. <laughs> <laughs> Every every tomb, every crevice had something interesting. There's always another mystery, and with you know with Souls games, it's it's always the mystery that endures. And there's a bunch of random shit in that game. And I think even if I eventually see it all and then spend a billion hours on YouTube with people watching them theorycraft what this was and how that was, I know ten years from now there's going to be some discovery of some weird item combo stat thing that unlocks this new crazy thing. And I think that kind of thing that nobody really does quite as psychotically as FromSoft has genuine value to the medium. Absolutely. I also feel like this is one of those amazing moments in a franchise that most franchises never get where it would, it is 100% true to the core of the appeal of the whole thing. And then massively expanded. Mm. It is unreal. The scope of Elden Ring. (laughs) It's like if Pokemon Violet was done. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I remember people calling Dark Souls 3 like a victory lap because it really felt like a best of of everything in the series. And this is our crowning achievement. So when Elden Ring came back around to do that again, but (laughs) 10 times better, it was fucking nuts. Which means that my number one for the year of our sword 2022 was God of War Ragnarok, which in the complete opposite direction is a very small focused story (laughs) told directly to you, the audience, (laughs) but it is similarly, uh, taking what has gone before it and just improving upon it in every dimension dramatically. Uh, These people may have perfected the drip feed of rewards. Uh, Walk 10 feet. Here's a little chest. Beat a few enemies. Here's a bigger chest. Find a secret area. Here's a little bit bigger chest. Yeah. I I think the thing that really cinched it uh, over Elden Ring for me, um, despite my enormous amount of admiration for Elden Ring. I don't even remember when it happened, what area I was in, but I distinctly remember genuinely posing the question to myself. Oh shit. Wait, is this my favorite video game? (laughs) Wow. Jeez. Yeah, no, I really, really liked God of War Ragnarok. (laughs) It it was gross. I, I beat this game in like, it was, what, four days of just eating, sleeping, going to work, and playing God of War Ragnarok. I still haven't done some of the post-game stuff. I need to go back and get to it. But it's, it's just a mirror-polished experience that took... I mean, like, the cast of characters in one are there, and then somewhere in the middle of Ragnarok, you go, wait, shit, Am I am I this invested in the wacky shopkeepers from the last game? Yeah. <laughs> it's an amazing moment. Yeah. That game is a stunning accomplishment in so many directions and I I was teetering on the brink of not even caring about it because I 
I hated the combat in the first one so much. <laughs> I kicked it down to easy halfway through because I just wanted to see the end of the story. So for it to have turned around that hard and just so specifically dug its way into my brain, this is... I can't believe a fucking God of War sequel might be my favorite video game. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> That's pretty fucked up, actually, when I let you say it. <laughs> right? Uh, I'm going to tag this on to Agro talking about it. Shout out to Sindri. That mm. character arc is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Okay, with Agro's list done, we now move on to Bob. Bob, All you right. have apologies, runner-ups. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? Yeah, I got some runner-ups. Is there any games you think should apologize to you? <laughs> because I realize that's a segment I should have had. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, man, probably, but I can't think of any offhand. I'm, okay. sure, I'm sure that there's some I want an apology from. <laughs> but it's not, not as bad as last year where I crammed through Guardians of the Galaxy and was like, no, you weren't worth <laughs> even a second of my time. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so... You know, genuinely positive coming into this after doing a lot of Game of the Year cramming, unlike last year. Cool! That's awesome! So, Bob, what do you got for me? Okay, my runner-ups. Mm-hmm. God of Protectors, Card of Darkness. The Pixar's amazing. I love the soundtrack. It feels like it's always surprising me with how good it is. And it has different versions. Like a Mega Drive sounding one, a Famicom sounding one. Yeah, they literally Just, did seven different versions of the soundtrack on different consoles. Yeah, it's and they're all really good. Yeah, it it's such a great game. I it's only in the runner ups because I I just didn't end up finishing it. Like I feel mm -hmm. bad about putting it on my list without like putting more time into it in case it just goes all awry at some point. Yeah, what sort of person would put a game in their top ten without beating it? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my next runner-up <laughs> is Gran Turismo 7. Oh. I feel bad putting it down here, but as I mentioned on Big Think a while ago, I just wasn't in the mood to play this all year. It, it's weird. Like It's a completely quality game, uh, really incredible in a lot of ways, that, but I just, I'm not feeling it right now, and I don't know why. I think part of it would be helped if they had voice acting for all those guys who come and talk to you about the cars. Oh my god, are you the CCO of Honda? <laughs> well, yes, I am person I paid to recognize me. <laughs> like Agro was saying, I think. But yeah, it's a great game. I definitely will play more of it. I'm not sure when, though. Maybe the VR is just going to be so over the top. I'm like, no, this is how I want to experience the whole game. Bob, what if it's too over the top? What if it's just like, no? It might be. <laughs> so Sorry, we have to wait until the bumper cart racer to be able to, to drive fast in a VR racing game. See, that's funny because they actually did have, um, they had go-karts at Gran Turismo 6? Or five. I think six and in, in so five. So they, they gotta bring it, those like, back. <laughs> Do that. They already have goofy cars in this one. It's okay. Let's drive the, drive the Model T and go like 10 miles an hour and be like, oh my god, it's so fast. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you know, thank you for reminding me about things like that in this game because I want to bring up something real quick that I haven't brought up on any content ever. Sure. There are challenges in Gran Turismo where it's like you need to drive this course that has a lot of verticality in it. 
in a vehicle with virtually no torque. So it's all about momentum management. Because once you start going up the hill, you do not have enough torque to keep going. (laughs) So if you hit the brakes too hard cornering earlier on, you will just not finish. That's really good. I was like, this is brilliant. This feels so cool to engage with. Like, I've never seen a racer do that before where it's like, you're driving a fucking piece of shit on wheels. Yeah, I need to play more of it and find, like, I know the 6 had drifting challenges, which I liked a lot because I got to learn about how drifting works in real cars. Instead of Ridge Racer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's super interesting. Uh, my last runner-up, Elden Ring. I think this game's really neat and has lots of cool stuff that's just waiting to be found in this giant world. I think it's only down here in runners-up because going to finish that game involves doing a lot of fights that were not fun. <laughs> Mm. yeah if i had just continued to wander around and not try to engage in it on that level i probably would have enjoyed it more and not done all of the sewers under a city that's when i really started just not being into the game anymore and that's why it's down here and runner up (laughs) yeah i mean part of the reason i didn't even want to be on the elden ring spoiler cast is because i think trying to beat that game would have absolutely ruined all of it for me Mm-hmm. Yeah, trying to rush through it, absolutely. No, just trying to beat it. I I, I made a joke about it earlier, but El- Agro's right to not beat the game. He, he is. <laughs> he chose the ideal experience for Elden Ring, I believe. I mean, I'm, I, I'm sent back to uh, Dark Souls 1, where in-universe, not beating the game is a valid option for the story. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I guess I should get to my real list. Oh, okay. Was that a fake list? I mean, that was runner up. <laughs> Those are fake, right? No, they're very important. <laughs> People care about our runner up list. A dad being completely delusional. <laughs> my number 10, Spark the Electric Jester 3. Hell yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've wanted to play a new Sonic Adventure game for a very long time, and this random dude on the internet decided to let me. <laughs> Like the part. And though I'm not as into the ending as Dan or others, it's still crazy that he did it. Uh, my number nine, Star Ocean, The Divine Force. This game isn't good. <laughs> Ooh. But sometimes it's just exactly what I want. Mm. Like the combat's really rough, mm-hmm. but it's still really neat to play a Star Ocean game where it just plays literally old Star Star Ocean music as I explore a dungeon and fight weird goblin men. Yeah, and then go out to space and be sucking cutscenes because they don't want to actually make any place to go in space you can t- use the regular combat in. It's, oh, okay. It it's weird. It's very Star Ocean-y though. And it was really nice to play a new Star Ocean game in the year 2022. It feels like I haven't been able to do that since Star Ocean 3. Yes, the last Star Ocean game was not especially Star Ocean-like. Yeah, the last one... No, not at all. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't feel like Star Ocean, and it just... And then 4 felt like m- maybe they listened to people who were like, why, why is it always on a planet? What if you go to a bunch of planets? I'm like, well, now none of those planets are good because they had to make 5. Yeah, it definitely has that feel. In the cast of four is really bad. Whereas I feel like one of the strengths of uh, Divine Force is the cast of characters. Like I actually ended up really liking 
you have an android lady who starts or who's on your party really early on and they do an interesting take on that and pretty much all of them ended up going from like these are really standard characters to okay there's just enough to make them unique that makes me like them and makes me endeared to them like even the uh princess's assistant who's really protective of her is an interesting take on that and becomes like good buddies with your main character I realize both of us have horrifying elbows. <laughs> we have a lot in common, you and I. Mm, luckily, most people wear sleeves, so it's not, it, the problem is mitigated. Really? It's just contained to him? It's mainly him. Ah, I, too, would regret choosing him as my main character. Yeah. My number eight is Valkyrie Elysium. This is like a genuinely fun, simple action game that you would play on the PS2. It's been so long since I just had a random one of those. My only real complaint is there are not enough unique enemies and the music isn't that great, which is unfortunate. I feel like I'm playing a Valkyrie profile game. I, I should blare that scene as she yells Nivellon Velesti. Instead, she says it and it doesn't play the scene. And I just like, what's happening? Mm. <laughs> yeah. But still a lot of fun. They just threw every mechanic they could in here. So you have like uh, last second dodges, last second guard parries into the grapple hook you can use. They've literally just everything. I always love to see just a company to randomly show this many mechanics into an action game, even if the action game is not that great for it. <laughs> <laughs> My number seven, Neon White. It's an incredible shooter. I'm... Um, my save file wasn't deleted. <laughs> Put that shit on the box. <laughs> but it really feels like every single like new stage set, like every couple hours or so, you are getting new mechanics that are really well set out and a ton of fun to use. And it never becomes too complicated to like wrap my head around it either. Mm. It's just so well paced. And I was still getting new cool stuff in the very last hour of the game. I was like, you really? Okay. I didn't <laughs> see this coming. <laughs> Plus, it's just got a really cool story going on the side side panels of it. Like, it's that's definitely in like tertiary to how good the gameplay is, but that the story is solid and has Steve Bloom being just a weirdo. <laughs> right. <laughs> Elevates it. Any game goes up two points if you have Steve Bloom being a weirdo. <laughs> yeah, that's that's correct. My number six is Pokemon Arceus. Oh, Pokemon Legends Arceus. I always forget about that. Yeah, yeah that's, that part's important. It is. They might make more movies. Because they, they might. They might make more Pokemon Legends. And starting with God feels a little greedy. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm. <laughs> I, I thought about that a lot when they announced the name. I'm like, okay, and from here we're going to explore a whale. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't even know if anyone else has the power to send you back in time. <laughs> Well, they can just make some shit up. Not I mean, a big deal. Yeah. Aren't, aren't, aren't there a time and space legendary? Yeah. Yeah. Palkia and Dialga. Palkia I was going to say. D that are from the same region. Yep. Yep. They thought this out. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you'll, you'll, you'll just fall in an ultra beast hole so they can do uh, <laughs> oh my God. a sun and moon one. I don't want to go in the ultra beast hole. <laughs> you have to go in the ultra beast hole. Get in. The legendaries from Gen 5 just incinerates you. <laughs> oh my like, god, why? Am I back in time? No, you're dead. <laughs> but I had a ton of fun with this game. 
I really like this unique take on Pokemon where all the NPCs are horrified of Pokemon. <laughs> it brings a great dynamic to it. And the, the gameplay that's entirely made up of filling out checklists. And you're just like, oh, you need to catch this Pokemon a hundred times. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do that. Sure. <laughs> yeah. It just hits that exact level of mundane tasks that I want to do. Yeah, it, it, it very much is focusing on a thing that Pokemon fans would naturally come to the conclusion to do anyways. Mm-hmm. To no real benefit. <laughs> that it's like, no, there's a point to it now. And they're like, oh, that's that's great. You're right. I love this. Yeah, I love killing that thing with its weakness 30 times. That's actually good. <laughs> Put that on the checklist. <laughs> I was deranged and killed a dog in a park today. <laughs> <laughs> also, I should have brought some of these characters. The best character design. It's filled with them. They they all look really cool. Pokemon is such a fucking juggernaut for best character designs. It is. I'm, I'm looking forward to 2023 not having a Pokemon game. So that way that's a more compelling category. <laughs> fair yeah i feel like just looking into the distance i only see like street fighter is the standout really great character designs but we'll see i'm sure that year comes we're gonna get a list of new tekken characters maybe um my number five sifu i like this game a lot i got a platinum in it so, so it should count for more than Aggro's second place Elden Ring. Is that the argument you're making right now? <laughs> did Aggro get the platinum in Elden Ring? Uh, I don't know. Hey, Aggro, did you get the platinum in Elden Ring? Uh, l- l- w- w- was the platinum all of the fun lessons we learned along the way? <laughs> I, yes. I, I, I can't recall a platinum ever once being that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this actually feels like a really cool evolution of like the the traditional beat-em-up like a streets of rage turned into 3d like it just feels directly like that which is super neat and also i've never had such a kinetic feeling like martial arts game like they got all the proper looking punches and kicks connecting correctly and there being weight to it and it Mm. feels good to play still like it's not like assassin's creed or batman where it just plays those animation which are all technically very correct but don't feel like you're playing a game even. Mm-hmm. It feels so visceral. It's great. Yeah, I think um, when I brought up to people, because people were ready to hate on the uh, God of War 2018, mm-hmm. uh, when I was trying to express to people why I like the feel of the combat as much as I did, it was because of similar reasons, right? There's a strong impact to hits. Mm-hmm. There's a strong mm-hmm. deliberate energy and impact to how it plays out. And Sifu is like, so far above and beyond even that. Yeah. Like, it's really incredible how much they thought that out. Also, Bob, I believe the genre is called a God Hand like. (laughs) (laughs) It really is. (laughs) You even have the button where you hold it and then it goes slow mo while you select your cool move, but none of them are as good as the God Hand move, so it feels cruel. (laughs) It would be pretty weird if the the, the person from Sifu just bent someone over their knee and smacked their ass until they flew away. (laughs) That would be a little strange. Oh my God. I want a God Hand with this much. Like production values. <laughs> Could you imagine the seafood devs get contracted by Capcom to fucking make a goddamn goddamn too? I couldn't. That'd be too good of a world. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Mm. <laughs> <sighs> okay, my top four really, really tough. They were all they're all tied up in my mind. And it sucks. These are all really great games. But my number four is God of War Ragnarok. 
This is a spectacular action RPG. I think one of my favorite parts about it is how every few hours it introduces a new system that you you get blown away by. Like, what do you mean that's there? What do you mean I've used this move enough so now I've unlocked a way to alter it with a different stat buff? That mm. just seems crazy. Like, I, I that hours after that you then get oh well this thing that you've been using that's just been giving you like a a stamina boost or a, a power up once in a while can be swapped out for a sword and you just use uh, like a do a sword beam with it i'm like <laughs> there's so many really cool things you just find in side quests that you don't expect like you get entirely unique boss fights you get really cool items like that with the swords it just constantly surprised me and i just <laughs> I ate all of it within the span of a few days. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how often do you play one of those big budget first person games? And thank God there's so much content. <laughs> it's all good. Like one of my favorite parts of that story is a side quest. You don't have to do it all where you take a, a Atreus out to the desert after you've done the other stuff with the elves and you rescue this like jellyfish that's gigantic and locked underground. Mm. And they just have a really touching father-son moment as it floats in the air and like go, now the the sandstorm is cleared out in the desert and there's this gigantic beautiful jellyfish just going through the sky. There's so many parts of this game that blew me away like that. <laughs> it's also the best name trophy of the year, I think. We should have had that category just for it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what is the trophy name. Because well, the things are called half goofas. Mm-hmm. So when you when you free them both, you get a trophy called the full goofa. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my number three, Xenoblade Three. Oh, you're using my system, huh? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Very smart. It's just an incredible like RPG. I really love the story. I love the characters. And again, just like with God of War, it's filled with side quests that make me like the game more. I'm so used to these side quests just being throwaway nonsense, and this is filled with a bunch of things where it's like, yeah, you do this, and then that's, this character can just be used on your team at any point. And it's like, that's the mechanical stuff I can mess with. It's a new class I can try and have these characters learn. It's really neat. I like it a lot. I think the story hits really hard, especially like 40 hours in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That is what it's like. Hey, I'm going to lock you in for an hour and a half of cutscenes. And I'm like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> right? I, I think it's absolutely incredible. They made a theater mode for every cutscene in that game. That is nuts. Yeah, I don't see that often enough. I wish the controls for the theater mode were there. Because it's either you want to watch the whole hour and a half again, right? <laughs> or just <laughs> skip. Oh, that's rough. Yep. But I'll take it over nothing. Right. I'll, I'll I'll take my theater mode, which is called YouTube. <laughs> I wish I had theater mode options like the Metal Gear Solid games, where it's like swap out the models. I want <laughs> I want Santa to be every character. They're all set up all the way down. <laughs> yeah, Santa's in this game, and that's that's pretty great. <laughs> she says Zippy, stellar. Yeah, I think the only thing that brought Xenoblade or God of War down were honestly both of their conclusions. Yeah, I did talk about on Big Think how the ending is like the only part of Xenoblade that I felt mildly disappointed by. Mm -hmm. Yeah, neither of them are bad. 
Like, I, I don't want to just say they're outright bad. They just weren't as stellar as everything leading up to them. Um, all right, number two, Pokemon Scarlet. Put a note for Scarlet over Violet here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay, I'm putting it in. <laughs> Gamer racist. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many things that, being, be, that can be said about Pokemon Scarlet. It's just got so much going on. Completely reinvents the way you think about Pokemon. You don't get to see this very much in a, in a long-running series. This does feel like that, whoa reset for the series moment even was playing rcs as a lead up to it which felt like a beta for this <laughs> it was still pretty spectacular to be like i can just explore this gigantic pokemon world and their pokemon running around and, and i can go anywhere yeah it just feels so big it has it's certain amounts of details and places you wouldn't expect like I sat there and went to the the high school or college or whatever it is and did classes for hours just talking to random people and building out various underdeveloped social links, but they're there. And it's really neat to see them and you have to build those characters up more. It's like, did you guys know that the, the school nurse really wants to be like an actual teacher and not just the school nurse? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I did that bit. It was great. I did. I did. I did her stuff. Yeah, it's like there's just that many random things in this game that don't need to be and are. Also, Clive is amazing. Yes. <laughs> it is. The only problem with Clive is I kept thinking of that Family Guy episode where he goes into his daughter's <laughs> school and also wears a pompadour. Yes. <laughs> it is very similar, but you know what? That was great, too. Whatever. <laughs> All right. I guess it's time for my number one. It could be anything. It could be anything, guys. Is, is it Harvestella? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys noticed this, but they released a new Bayonetta game this year. Oh, yeah, I did notice that. <laughs> oh, yeah, they did. I was like, what? wait, no, I actually don't know what it could be. Oh, right, <laughs> that game. Dan's list is missing Mega Man 12. I wonder what his number one will be. I forgot about it because I didn't play it, and all I've heard about it is getting dunked on. <laughs> so, Beta 3 has a terrible story, runs bad, but whatever. This is the most interesting new action game in years. <laughs> all the mechanics they added to this were so fascinating, so cool. Seeing all the crazy transformations you get for the different weapons. And having a separate summons for all these demons you could use. It felt like such an amazing accomplishment. It's really unfortunate about the story stuff. But if I can get another game that plays like this, I don't care. <laughs> I have to put this as number one. Yeah, I really think if they make another one of these, that's going to be an absolutely ex amazing experience. Just a Bayonetta 4 that builds on the gameplay mechanics of this. Yeah, this feels like they finally have a good foundation. Whereas each like two clearly wasn't and one was really neat and interesting but did not hit on the same level so that's it that's it's my full list <laughs> it was easy to make right it was so easy honestly <laughs> i said the top four were highly contestious really it's those top two two true four because i knew bayonetta was gonna be number one like there was no mm. denying that <laughs> yeah that's honestly <sighs> Outside of my top three is where it got violent in my list. Mm -hmm. My top three was basically instantly locked in from the moment of eat, playing them. 
each of them. Gran Turismo <laughs> 7 in February. I'm like, uh, everyone's going to have to try really hard to outdo this on my list. <laughs> and I was shocked when that was just true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and same for Pokemon Violet. I'm like, this is number two. Then I went to Xenoblade 3 and I'm like, okay, yeah, it's just barely not better than Pokemon Violet. You're locked in there too. Yeah, this can get violent though, these lists. Yeah, for sure. Lots of inner turmoil here. <laughs> I'm just looking at these, and uh, Chris, I don't suppose you played Harvestella, so that way they can rack up some points. No. <laughs> ah, damn. <Aww. laughs> we're going to have to call in a striker. Eric! <laughs> Anyways, let's get to Chris's top 10 or runner-ups or apologies or, hey, you know who should apologize to me? Okay, let's start with some apologies. Um, I'm sorry, Triangle Strategy. I forgot you came out, and also you're on the Switch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those two things combined were really a non-starter. Uh, I, I'm also sorry, uh, the new, the, the newer voice of cards, because apparently that one has a lot more mechanics. I, you just fell through the cracks. Yeah, sorry. I when when Agro said two releases this year, I was like, I thought it was just one. Oh my god, <laughs> one released at the start and then another released later on. Yeah, I think that was August, September. Yeah. Also, I'm sorry I didn't finish you, Star Ocean. Bob Bob told me about the crafting, but it was too late by then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the crafting and that I forgot to mention. Uh, incredible, perfect. Just keep re-rolling it at ten hours in until you get the best weapon in the game and let yeah. that coast you for the rest of the game. <laughs> that that's what I want. That's what I want out of Star Ocean. Uh, here here's some honorable mentions. Uh, I'm sorry, Sonic Frontiers. I really liked your story, and I'm glad that they're putting effort into Sonic games again, and those boss fights are incredible, but you're too half-baked. Ha- half of you is still the budget dimension in the levels that I've played already. That's fair. Um, I'm sorry, Final Fantasy Origin Stranger of Paradise. You're too cheap. You don't have any money. Also, you run unacceptably bad on the PS5. But mostly it's the money. Also, also, you should have picked a fucking Final Fantasy that had anything I give a shit about in it. <laughs> Instead of basing it on one where it's like, no, there's not really anything in this. Like, we don't have characters. Well, yeah, that's why they brought in the Sinatra in order to give it a something. Uh, but just comparing it to Neo, Neo doesn't have that many demons, but they pad that out by because they can just give humans any of the moves, any of the shit you can do. Mm hmm. And sometimes they can even combine that, like this guy does that and then has his own unique things. But there's no human enemies in Stranger Paradise, so they can't do it even though they have all these classes and different weapons and abilities. They they can't use that to, to make the enemy variety better. Also, the levels are just really cheap, seeming. From what I've seen, yeah. And, and that's also why Valkyrie Elysium isn't on this list. You're a cool action game from the PS2. You, you, ha- you, you should have had more money. They should have, yeah. Uh, I don't think I have any more apologies. Oh, I'm sorry, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Shredder's Revenge. You're really, really cool, but there's just too much stuff this year. You, you don't, you don't, you didn't climb high enough. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt about that too. Like that game's really solid. It's doing a good job of replicating what it's trying to be. But then the fact that getting these endings is so annoying. Uh, it just feels like. It was a fun time while it lasted, but it just doesn't shine as brightly as a lot of the other contenders this year. Yeah, and uh, the game that needs to apologize to me. Oh, no. Um, Atelier Sophie 2. Oh. oh. Atelier is one of my favorite franchises. This is the biggest dud they've dropped in, a, like, seven years. 
Oof. in a while. Um, it, it's it's like the God of War Judgment, or no, no, the God of War Ascension of Atelier, where it's like we wrote a story that where nothing can happen. No, and I could handle that. Like that's not a big deal because very often the stories in Atelier only have like one thing that happens, and everything else is just like everything else is the slice of life isekai series about about the girl who's trying to avoid the bad end because she reincarnated in an Otome game. <laughs> <laughs> but this one, it, this one just has baffling mechanics like, well, you can change the weather. Um, it takes an animation that takes too long to change the weather. Also, sometimes you'll have to change the weather like four times in the span of like 90 seconds. Yeah. Wind Waker flashbacks. So yeah, it just, it just, I, I tried like three different times through the year to get through this game and couldn't. So yeah, it, it needs to apologize to me. But now let's get into the actual list. Uh, before you do, uh, I've, I've been asked to show you this by the main character of Valkyrie Elysium. <laughs> Stop showing me your face. <laughs> uh, but number 10, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I liked Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Um, I think it has a really cool world. I think a lot. I think the cuck scene is immaculate. <laughs> I think whenever it leans more in the more into being about capitalism, it's really great. Man, how completely irrelevant the villains are really dragged that game down for me. Yeah. Like a lot. That's why it isn't higher. Also, I just, because Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition wasn't that long ago. It was only a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. And this, in, in like, in terms of how the world is and the story and the music, it just doesn't quite get there. So a lot of, and a lot, and they do a lot of, you know, parallels between, and I assume two, but I didn't play that one. They do a lot of parallels between Xenoblade 1 and Xenoblade 3, and every time I'm like, yeah, I recognize this song from 1, it was better there. <laughs> yeah, it's always rough when you have that angle. Yeah, I recognize this this area basically from 1, it was it was more interesting and had a better atmosphere there, because the, didn't, I didn't have to go from a desert to, to a swamp, so the swamp could have way different lighting and, and geometry in the desert. So it was a little disappointing in that angle, but I still enjoyed it a lot. Um, I'm not sure if the combat is actually better than Xenoblade ones or just more streamlined. So it, it, it I really enjoyed it. I, I love when it, I love a lot of the really good JRPG conversations they have where they're, they're, they're just like, remember Evangelion? <laughs> we do. <laughs> um, like again, again the, the the three the the two hour cutscene that ends in the cuck scene, immaculate, yeah, spectacular, yeah. Nothing in the Last of Us Part Two could step to it. But 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 the, but then a but then a villain that's in that that cutscene falls out of the story if you didn't do a side quest. So, yep, good good news, bad news. So th so that's why it's uh, sitting down at number ten. Yeah, I also spent a lot of that game waiting for them to flesh out the villains, and then it just didn't happen. <laughs> well, well, that one guy cut off people's heads, and they read about him in a book. <laughs> I know, I was going to make the joke of, what's your deal? And he's like, I kick puppies. Okay, we can fight now. Yeah. Uh, number nine, Neon White. I like, I, Neon White's a great shooter. It, it, it's like a new type of game, almost. Or it's like, yes, it's a first-person shooter, and yes, it, it it has like quake movement almost, but also it's about not 
It's about carefully ca carefully counting your shots and going as fast as possible, and, and you can do all these crazy skips. And also, it has really funny characters and dialogue uh, that some people don't like because they're weak. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's right to say it. It's like if if you didn't if you didn't make a hideous face and then laugh hysterically when Neon Violet says that uh, Neon White seems like he's he'd catch a girl's spit in his mouth. You know, I, 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 we, we, there has obviously been a breakdown in communication. We will never connect as human beings. I mean, she's only spitting the truth <laughs> directly into his mouth. Uh, but yeah, I like, it feels great. Um, I don't know if it runs at 120 on PS5. It should, you should patch that in if it doesn't, but yeah, very stellar game, almost a new type of game. Easily one of the strongest indies I've played in a long time. Great art too. I love all the way the neons look. But uh, number eight, Spark the Electric Chester 3. It's already been talked about, but this is like if Sonic Adventure 3 just came out. <laughs> and then at the end, it decides to become near. <laughs> and then after that, it becomes Digimon the movie. <laughs> mm. uh, but I liked pretty much everything about it. Even those levels that they stopped having after a couple areas where it's like, get a high score. Okay, that's the level. Yeah. Um, it looks really nice and has a lot of neat designs. The music is great. Uh, the story is really funny and up until the end, at which point becomes really cool instead of just funny. But it's also still funny because there's no way that Spark having a mental breakdown as he finds out the secret of the fucking plot <laughs> is not meant to be a joke. <laughs> I think a lot of the cutscenes, both during that reveal and before, are really carried by Spark's brown leather jacket and yes. he's hunched over eating a hum hamburger saying leave me alone <laughs> energy uh, it would have been higher if it uh, had, had a little had a few more unique songs and uh, didn't have half hour weird we're an indie game cutscenes where they just talk at you and tell you a story with crayon drawings for 30 minutes yeah, it would have been helped if there was some money there. Uh, uh, so somebody give so, somebody give Lake Fapard some fucking money. <laughs> this this soundtrack was also really excellent. It is number seven. God of War Ragnarok. I this whole time on doing doing all these podcasts, I I don't think I've ever get, given a Sony exclusive game higher than an eight, like a Sony first party exclusive. Because I'm just like, oh, it's missing something. Oh, it's not quite good enough. Mm, I hemmed and hawed. God of War Ragnarok's slam dunk. Mm. I I struggle to think of how they could make a better one of these. Yeah, there's there's so much unique stuff. There's so many they polished up the combat so much. There's so many different things you can do. Like some people don't like the RPG elements, but you can actually do builds now. You can have a witch time build. <laughs> where it's where it's entirely about slowing down time and boosting your damage while time is slowed down. I think that's even called like the Elfheim armor, which lines up with one of the these zones. Like in, of course, in Norse mythology, but also they use that in Bayonetta. Hmm. Um. Really great story. We already talked about how Odin successfully gaslit me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like where where is he? Is are they going to do the? He's he he's redeemable and he can change or is no no he's just he's just a manipulative piece of garbage. Mm. Uh, it, it's so good that none of my quibbles really matter. Like okay okay what 
What did Kratos do differently to not die? It, it, it kind of seems like he did the exact same thing, but he felt differently about it. <laughs> I, I, get, I guess that matters. So you're saying it had the same form. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> Look, the fates just didn't believe in Kratos enough. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, there's, there's, there's never going to be a chance to talk about this. F fuck those. What are they? The Norn. Yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> fuck them. <laughs> fuck the Norn. Seriously. They're like, <laughs> silly mortals, you're just so predictable. And I'm like, uh, the shit you told Freya directly led to that stuff happening. Yep. How, how, can you, how can you tell people what will happen like when it wouldn't have if you hadn't. Well, as the famous Yuji Naka would say, it's easy to predict something when you influence it directly. <laughs> oh my god. Mm. But yeah, n none of that matters because there there's so much cool stuff you can do and there's so many I didn't think they could have this much money. <laughs> god of War 2018, which which was fine and I liked seems so much lesser than Ragnarok. It's kind of embarrassing. Like, it's impossible yeah. for me to ever go back to that game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that game is really hanging on the novelty of the experience and you getting introduced to the world. So if you've played Ragnarok, I can't imagine going back. I'm so glad we did another run of 2018 last year, Bob. Uh-huh. Because, yeah, it'll be rough. Yeah, I, ju I just think of all the time in 2018 that you spend climbing, of which there is none in Ragnarok. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's time for number six. Uh, Ask Libra Revision. Ask Libra Revision is a game made by a small handful of people, primarily one guy, uh, over the course of 15 years. Or one person, I don't know their gender identity. Uh, one person over the course of 15 years. It's a dopamine factory game, but it's the it's like designed perfectly to get its hooks into me. Like, a lot of people like Vampire Survivors. That's a very popular game this year. It's showing up on a lot of lists. Est Libre Revision is like if you were going through an, a JRPG like that. <laughs> because the, the reason this gets its hooks into me so much more than any of those is, no, you're becoming stronger to progress through this story. And if you become ridiculously strong, well, then you did a good job. Balance isn't a thing here. There's there's so many scum tactics, like you have an ability that lets you deal triple damage, but you die in one hit. Well, uh, if you hit the boss enough, it enters something called a break state, where it can't move for like five seconds. And then you can go into the menu and turn on that ability <laughs> and beat on it for five seconds for triple damage. And then when it can move again, you go in and turn that ability off so you won't die in one hand anymore. Holy shit. Good. Uh, <laughs> you have a po you ha uh, you need your luck really high. So enemies drop materials so you can craft new weapons and armor. But before a boss, you drink the potion that lets you rejigger your stats. And you just put all that into damage. Just take it all out of luck and put it all into damage. And then when the boss fight's over, put it back into luck. <laughs> uh, it also has the use. The, so, there's so much stock imagery in the assets that it gives it a very surreal look. Also, it, its story is cool and insane. It's 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 like if every East game was one game somehow. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds dangerous. Uh, the music, which is also all open source, you know, uh, royalty free stuff, was really well chosen. Because sometimes you go in, sometimes you just go into a surreal area and it's like, what's the music? Oh, they this one has a vocal track. 
which I did not fucking expect in this game. It also tries really hard because every chapter has a totally unique anime intro. <laughs> what? <laughs> except it's except it's made entirely with the in-game assets and and the art drawn of the main characters like positioned in place. So it'll like put two of the characters back to back and have them pan down and then fade as this song they got plays. It's <laughs> incredible. Uh, but yeah, I can't recommend that game highly enough. Just it, it hits me with the dopamine. It hits me with the RPG. Uh, later in the game, the bosses go from just, no, just power through them and keep hitting them uh, to actually having patterns. And something I appreciate a lot because it's like, well, this animation's fucking hard. I can't like animate telegraphs for every attack a boss is going to do. So I'm going to put the name of the attack at the top of the screen in a text box. <laughs> That's how you do it. A very delightful game. I, I, It's one of those games where I'm like, I'm booting it up. Eight hours are gone. Where'd they go? Mm. I don't even know. So you're saying it's like Vampire Survivors. That's crazy. <laughs> it, 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 it is like, it is one of those, it is a dopamine factory game like that, but it, it has a, lin a linear story and is a JRPG. So I'm like, yes, please. It's been so long. People are too obsessed with balance now. Yeah, that's true. Mm, yeah. God, they are obsessed with balance. Yeah, I wish it was then a blade after I did all that grinding, everything just died in one hit. Yes. Number five. Pokemon Violet and Scarlet. But not, but but people only said Violet uh, only said Scarlet, so I'm just gonna focus on Violet. Hell yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, it's hard to overstate how disappointed I was in Gen 8. <sighs> and then they drop what is probably the, which is easily the best Pokemon game they've made since 5th Gen and maybe even better than that. Yeah. They finally brought back having characters that are, are cool and have a place in the story. They all have really good designs and have little, you know, narratives attached to them. Your companions are all really good, and the only the only problem is that one of them you don't get to spend enough time with. They have, you know, they have characters like Clive who are hysterical, and also fit with everything in the world. Uh, all the new Pokemon are slam dunks. This new structure with three different stories is really smart, and a great way to change up how it works. Mm. Uh. If, if this, this game would probably be my number one if it ran well at all at all <laughs> yeah and, and maybe if it, it maybe if it didn't look like an n64 game <laughs> right. game at time because there's just like the sun the sunflower gathering specifically Ooh. is the moment where it's like this looks like a fucked up in 64 game right now the part where it really hit me is when i'm up in these snowy mountains and i literally go this could have been pilot wing 64 <laughs> except for that ran better most of the time fantastic game i'm so happy i can be positive about pokemon now please release a switch too so this never happens again <laughs> please, right, please for the love of god time for number four Number four is Elden Ring. I've heard of that game. Uh, we've already discussed it pretty extensively in various things. Uh, it's like all the best parts of every Souls game combined. Uh, it it surprised me multiple times, which is pretty fucking important for a game. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I have an argument that, may, that maybe games like this and Disco Elysium shocking people and selling 10 million copies out of nowhere is because 
uh, people were surprised, and most games don't do that anymore at all. Yeah, mm. things got really homogenous with game design and ideas. Again, another thing that would be higher if uh, if you didn't go into like a major area and it just became a Souls game exactly. <laughs> yeah, mm. <laughs> like. Like there's there's no like I, I before it came out I had been hoping that okay you, you can maybe you can come at these places from different entrances maybe you can use your horse but no they it, it just becomes uh, it just becomes a Souls game and in the end it's really big on that where there's like three in a row mm-hmm. which is is why it's only fourth but great game uh, I I haven't done even half the stuff in it there's so many characters I just haven't met like that that lady with the prosthetic feet. I didn't find her, <laughs> so I didn't get the experience of getting rinsed by her over and over that some people got, because I, I don't know where she fucking is. Uh, it's, I got 50 hours of the game, and I'm like, okay, time to beat it. I can't go climbing down ladders that I don't know where they go anymore. That's unfortunate, because she's in one of the coolest areas in the game. <laughs> yeah, I know, and I would have played another playthrough if that game wasn't so fucking long. Mm. Yeah, I don't... Uh, unlike other Souls games, where I would consider that, I don't think I would ever just—I I could ever just commit time to do another whole playthrough, which is unfortunate because there is a lot of cool stuff to find. But I'd rather just use my main save file and go find stuff. I'll definitely play it again at some point because there's because they brought back the the Demon Soul stuff where where everything has some obscure weakness if you look for it and experiment. There's so many different builds that play entirely differently. Just a stellar game. Uh, some really fantastic bosses. Uh, fuck that. Fuck the end of that game, where they make you fight two bosses in a row with no checkpoint between them. That's not nice. <laughs> also, not nice is how it kind of reminds me of DMC two. Oh, with the room it's in. Mm-hmm. And and the first form. Yeah, I I I, I, I get you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, I thought I was. I I always think I'm insane when I say that. I'm like, no. Let's just look at them. If you look at them side to side, it's like, yeah. <laughs> The spirit is the same, as they say. <laughs> Number three. Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Yeah. This is the first real 3D Kirby game, not the seventh. It's fucking wild that out of nowhere, they're just like, here's a 3D Kirby game. Uh, it joins the, the fucking pantheon with Mario Odyssey, Breath of the Wild, and Metroid Dread of like, no, this is obviously just in contention for the best one, if not easily the best one. Mm-hmm. All those other ones had prior shots. Kirby just landed, and he's like, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> it, it had so many things I never expected. The, the weapon upgrading I never expected. Mm. All those mini, all those challenge courses I never expected. Being able to buy stat boosts temporarily I never expected. Just, just, a, just an incredible game with, with really cool stuff in the post game too and, and, and fuck, fuck that thing at the end though it looks hideous <laughs> weird weird baby with a bald head I, I, I feel bad I forgot to put Silly Dillo or whatever his name was on that list of most hideous oh, things oh no, no Sil you, not you, Silly you Dillo guys hate Silly Dillo Silly Dillo he is sucks. fucking repugnant one of the best boss fights in that game it is one of the only Kirby characters that I'm like, I could hit you with my car and not feel an ounce of remorse. <laughs> Fuck silly Dillo. God. The sooner people stop saying the name silly Dillo, the sooner my <laughs> life gets appreciably better. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, number two, time for another curveball. Cultic. Mm. Cultic is like if you fused Blood, my favorite first-person shooter, with Resident Evil 4, my favorite third-person shooter. It's <laughs> not even fair. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? <laughs> everything about Blood is incredible. Uh, not Blood, everything about Cultic is incredible. <laughs> it has a really unique art style, yet is still entirely readable. You can get headshots on guys from 150 miles away with a bolt-action rifle, a lever-action rifle, and, and you get bullet time from headshots. It has the exact gameplay curve I love of Resident Evil 4, where it's like, well, there's only a couple guys, so use, use starvation mode, where you use as little as ammo as possible, versus here's a room full of guys. We saved our entire lives for this. Kill them. <laughs> Kill them all. <laughs> It has the stuff from blood where you throw a bundle of lit TNT around a corner in case somebody's waiting there for you, and then their limbs come out when it explodes. <laughs> it ha it has that that blood that blood style thing where it's like this is really plausibly a real place converted into a retro FPS level. You can sneak into the buildings in this old mining town, there's stuff hidden in them, you can kick open windows. It's it's so atmospheric. All the weapons are unbelievably powerful, and it has an upgrade system, again, like RE4. So you can pick and choose what weapons you want to make even more effective. Uh, I always go for damage because it lets you preserve more ammo. makes each bullet wor worth more. Uh, the only problem I have with Cultic is I wish there was more of it. It's only about three hours long. But I've already played it four times, and it's probably going to join... Resident Evil 4 up there with uh, it's, it's been too long. I'm sick. I need to do uh, uh, I have to play Cultic. <laughs> when I was looking at it, it's like episode one, right? So they're going to keep making more of these? Uh, yes. Episode two will be a standalone thing. Hmm. Okay. The, the, this, is a, this is another made by one guy thing. Ah. And it was like, I didn't want to do early access. Cultic episode one is a complete product. Like it's bug tested. It, it's it, I, I don't want it to I don't want it to have the early access marker on. It's done. And and and, and that was smart because now he doesn't if, if like, you know, he, he his hands get blown up or something. He's not legally required. to. He's not obligated to put out a second part. Right. And number one, I struggled. I clawed. I lurked, looked for any way for this to not be my game of the year. Bayonetta three. <laughs> Because I didn't want to give that motherfucker a win. Oh. But my game of the year is AI The Somnium Files The Nirvana Initiative. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Every performance in it is stellar. It is constantly and consistently hilarious. The plot is dumb, but in a way that's delightful. It, it has that moment where they reveal how the how they made how they told you the story out of order for no reason but to trick you <laughs> and you go fuck you that doesn't make any sense and then and then you have the you have the flashbacks of every single moment where it's like no it does <laughs> it does make sense you bastard <laughs> fantastic art too you know it's not a very expensive game like it's obviously did not have very much money because it reused every single thing in the first one <laughs> every area and character mm. uh, but what it uses it uses extremely well and, and you know running at 4k it looks very nice surprise highly stylized anime art uh, scale tends to scale up with technology extremely well 
Huh. Mm. Maybe there's a lesson to be learned. Ray tracing? <laughs> God, that'd make the game look so goofy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it tends to do that. That's why I love that Mario 64 ray trace thing. <laughs> um, at times, it has really clever puzzles. It also has fantastic music. And just there's so many parts that I'm going to I'm going to remember forever. I'm going to remember uh, Andy's Komeji and his fucked up head forever. Ooh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm going to remember all the times one of the protagonists has a literal uh, literal psychiatric episode and just stands and stands somewhere for six hours. I'm going to remember <laughs> the part where uh, Thomas says she wants to dig into a girl's femur and eat the marrow. <laughs> yeah, that's a line you don't forget easily. Uh, and I'm definitely not going to forget all the times a character looks at the camera and says, transgender people are very cool. You now have to confront me, a Japanese creator, saying this. You can no longer pretend none of us have, which happens like four times in that game. <laughs> He's such a hack. I didn't want to give him this. I didn't want to. I didn't want to give that man this prize. But you won. You won Kotaro Uchikoshi. <laughs> Congratulations. I hope you're happy. Well, <laughs> with that done, we've got all of the submissions. Now we just need to sort them using our amazing Game of the Year Tronic. It's, <laughs> it's a thinking computer that uses AIs and other people's lists <laughs> to determine what our list is. But don't worry, it's it's perfectly legal, fair use. Let's let's turn it on now. <laughs> there are three. Number one games tied for 10th place because no one else put a single point into that. Uh, I'm willing to say there might be some shakeups that happen not through math, but through raw arguing. Mm. I don't know. This looks like democracy working to me. That's because number one's Pokemon Violet and number two's God of War Ragnarok. Maybe. <laughs> All I know is things look correct when Star Ocean's at the bottom. <laughs> hmm. I don't know though. I'm gonna read the order as it is currently uh fed out by this machine that is unfeeling and unkind. <laughs> uh currently number one is Pokemon Violet, number two is God of War Ragnarok three, Xenoblade Chronicles three, and number four, Spark the Electric Jester three, number five, Elden Ring, number six, Neon White, number seven, Kirby in the Forgotten Land, number eight, Harvestella, number nine, Stray, number ten, Gran Turismo seven. 11, Bayonetta 3, AI, the Somnium Files is, is the number 12. They stopped being numbered at this point, so I'm just going to read them anyways. Cultic Sifu, Cyberpunk 2077, Punchwin, Pokemon Legends Arceus, Triangle Strategy, Horizon Forbidden West, Valkyrie Elysium, Asleeper Revision, Gotta Protector's Card of Darkness. Wait a minute. Oh, right. That was your runner-up. No More Heroes 3, PS5, Vampire Survivors, and Star Ocean, the Divine Force. Who wants to start swinging in what direction? Bob, you're okay with Beta 3 not being on the list at all, right? I assume you've just made peace with that. and I feel like we should make room for those three <laughs> games we each gave number one somewhere on the list. Really? That's fucking crazy. Well, mine's already on the list, so go fuck yourself. Thank you, Game of the Eurotron, for arbitrarily putting G before B and A. <laughs> yeah, that's messed up. <laughs> now, screw it. Put Cultic in there instead. 
this game of the year list is based. <laughs> All right, Bob. So what beautiful other well-liked game do you want to shoot in the head <laughs> to make room on the boat? It didn't occur to me Bob would be in this position to do this thing because now, like the Norns, I know what he might be aiming at. <laughs> I think Stray is a really cool game. But personally, I would not put it up here with the rest of these. That... He's going to start pronouncing the H in Harvest Tell and the door will fly open. Agro has a folding chair. <laughs> Very honestly, I... Between Bayonetta 3 and AI, the Somnium Files, Nirvana Initiative... Yeah, I could understand killing Harvestella to put those on the list. Could you understand that more list. than Stray? Where I'm sitting is we, we, we're going to have to kill two things in the end. And <laughs> while I have a personal grudge against immaculate puzzle shooter Neon White... <laughs> <laughs> I understand that it is also a high-quality game when you get to play it. <laughs> Just think of it this way. You get to play some of it twice as much. Oh, my God. That's value. No, yeah. That all, I'm like, wow, that's not going to be a pain to replay. That's The game's really fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, of all games, that, that may be one of the least painful to replay a segment of because you just know the solution. You're not mm -hmm. gaslit into the incorrect way to play the level. Yeah, I uh, I did that for because I played the demo, so I had to replay oh, yeah. the entire first set of stages. I was like, this is still great. <laughs> yeah, I imagine it was more than just the first few set of stages, but you know, yeah, that's fair. Um, okay, one moment. How many people put Kirby in? A lot of people put Kirby. Two in. people put Kirby in. I did not put Kirby in, but I totally understand Kirby being there. Right. Do you care? Do you guys care more about Kirby than Harvestella? I mean, I care more about Kirby than Harvestella. That's a great fucking game. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah, they yeah, both like in the context of a game of the year list, most definitely. No. <laughs> <laughs> of course, that would be how that landed. <laughs> right. It was the full gradient. People who only voted for Kirby and people only voted for Harvestella. I don't look okay I too am looking at this list of really incredible games that deserve to be here okay and I understand cutting one of them to leaf on stray or harvest Dell is hard but I'm trying to fucking figure it out and honestly I'm torn internally I don't know which I'm gonna swing for harder stray or harvest Stella harvest Stella is really absolutely incredible and I feel like I should be swinging harder for it than stray so I think I have I have an easier time giving up Stray than I do Harvestella. But giving up both would be absolutely brutal to me. <laughs> there is another avenue I wanted to explore. Mm -hmm. um, because while based on description, it, it has a, a fantastic sequence at the end. I, I'm taking the fact that a Sonic fan game deserves such a high spot on this list completely on faith. Are we are we all okay that that game's actually that good? I, yes. I think. 
I think Spark the Electric Jester 3 is 100% a game that should be on our top 10, but maybe not number four. Yeah, I'd also be fine with it dropping yeah. down, but not not leaving the list. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's too good to leave this goddamn list. Here, just to make myself feel better and less panicked in the moment, I'm going to extend the numbers <laughs> down to 12. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Even though that isn't how this shit works. I just don't like seeing two number one game of the years from individuals list not even numbered. It feels awful. Wait, Bob was the only one who brought in Sifu? Yeah. Oh, now I feel even worse. <laughs> um, man. Okay. One moment. I'm looking this over. God. Yeah. I can make so many arguments in my head to bring a game lower on this list, but I can't really make a solid argument to bring any of them off the list entirely. I can, I can sympathize with people who want to take stray off to make room for these others. I can mm -hmm. understand. Harvestell is much harder because there is the argument for bringing it off and saying it shouldn't be a top 10 would it be exclusively focused on its budget, <sighs> not the content of its writing or the story it's telling, the aerodynamic nature of its different elements. It genuinely would just be based on, yo, this doesn't have any money and yo, they charge $60. And that feels like an awful reason to take something off. Well, because that it, it's not that it isn't a top 10 game. It's just that we've got like 15 top 10 games. <laughs> <laughs> that is what we're looking down because I noticed Punchwin isn't on this fucking list. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking pissed about that. <laughs> I'm trying to think over like if I'm okay with just dropping Bayonetta because I understand there's a bunch of problems and it's like I'm the only one who even put it on their list at all. No, I think I think it's important for Bayonetta to to, to Bayonetta to get a win. <laughs> yeah, I think Bayonetta three as an action game experience is really great. It's everything outside of that that starts to fall apart. Mm -hmm. You know, it's yeah, the no, story if, if and performance. Everything I've heard about that game was terrible. So if playing that game is good enough to put it at number one, there's there's some good bones in the middle of all that rotten meat. <laughs> Gotta get to the marrow. <laughs> <laughs> Want to crack that girl's bones open and eat her marrow? Bob, why did you tweet this? This was <laughs> this wasn't even slightly not horny. <laughs> this is just maximum deranged, my man. Uh, there's no way I'm talking Spark off for leaving Harvestella on. That's just not gonna happen. I mean, I love neon white, but maybe I could understand. If people are behind dropping it, because that seems I would like be it's... okay with killing Neon White. I like Neon White a lot, but I don't think I feel as strongly about it as basically anything else on my list. Maybe even not as strongly as Xenoblade Chronicles Three. Yeah, because I think that that's the one that kind of lines up as lower on each of our lists. So maybe yeah, that makes the most sense. Because I gave it a Chris gave it nine, and you gave uh, Neon White seven. Mm -hmm. So like it is just a lower range pick for all of us so you know harvestella is my five <laughs> so of <laughs> course my feeling is like to me harvestella is more important but of course it is <laughs> numerically i already stated that 
But yeah, I also, that's the only other thing that's high up. Because, like, in no world am I getting Elden Ring off this list. That's insane. Like, that wouldn't even make sense. Yeah, it's Echo's mm-hmm. number two and Chris's number four. Right. So, yeah, that's pretty high. Right. And I also enjoyed my time with the game. I also fucking hated it, but that's not related right now. <laughs> that's irrelevant. Uh, mm. So it sounds like we might be shooting Neon White in the head. Well, here's the thing. Which it, is appropriate. Neon White and Kirby are tied for points. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will snap that Steve Bloom voiced motherfucker's neck for Kirby. <laughs> okay. That's, that's pretty strong. It's pretty strong. And that's the thing, Bob. Like, I feel like they both, you know, Agro and Chris voted Kirby so high. Right. They feel like they care mm-hmm. more about it than any of us care about Neon White. They both gave it their third. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a legitimate argument here for, like, Kirby's more important for ne- than Neon White on this list. So here's what I'm thinking. Man, that's... <laughs> it, it's like, I understand the logic here. Uh-huh. It's just real, like, this is the threshold where we go from these are the best games of the year to these were the games that we liked this year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that is the point of no return. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Neon White is great, but mm-hmm. if it's not that high up on anybody's personal experience list. Right. And that's an important factor here. A very important factor here is how strong it means to each person that this thing got onto this final list. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why we're fucking talking about Bayonetta 3. <laughs> for- fortunately for me, we don't have to talk about Grand Turismo 7 because as you all know, G comes before the letters B and A. <laughs> Criminal. I don't know how that happened. I didn't sort it by letter, evidently. I mean, the machine. This is the machine's fault. But yeah, I could understand removing Stray, even though it's a really beautiful experience. I personally felt uh, I felt Harvestella was a stronger experience, so losing Harvestella would affect me more. So for me, the ideal is to get these other two tens back onto the list proper. We get rid of Stray and Neon White. I'm okay with that, but I didn't vote for Stray at all. So maybe I'm not the one to say. <laughs> Agro, how do you feel about that? At a gut check, I might lose Harvestella before Stray, but that is because I have not played as much Harvestella, I think. So Stray feels like a more cohesive experience to me. I am willing to take your word that Harvestella continues to rule out loud and drop Indie Darling Cat Simulator Stray (laughs) just because of how, like, we can't all fit in this clown car. Yeah, this this is a nightmare. This is already, we just went, okay, let's work on the final list and started screaming (laughs) as the car went out of control. Right? We're just out in this huge crowd, like, let's pick all the people we like the most to come inside with us. Everybody outside's (laughs) like, aww, and then they hear the gunfire. (laughs) Maybe there's something to be said about Stray being inappropriately priced, even vaguely fantastic cohesive experience with this amazing tone 
and everything else in comparison to Harvestella. Okay, I have a question to pose to all of you. Uh-huh. Does Stray have a shadow assassin? <laughs> <laughs> I like that yours was, like, especially nasal. Shadow <laughs> assassin. <laughs> You do get killed by things that are uh, destroyed by light, so they're always in the darkness. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, a lot more conversations can be had once we lock in the the top ten and figure out the order it needs to. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The vote, the, 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 the fact we have to go immediately. Okay, who drowns? <laughs> yeah, it sucks. It's maybe maybe it would help if we each listed the children we wouldn't mind drowning. To me, Neon White gets to drown before Harvestella and Stray. That's my vote for child that can drown. Um, yeah, I, I would be okay with neon white drowning. Mm-hmm. Of what I voted for, neon white and spark are the two that I could see drowning. I would drown spark if it meant keeping Harvestella. Whoa. Interesting. Which is numerically represented on my vote. I would like to know <laughs> this is a reversal. <laughs> I would be fine drowning neon white and bizarrely cultic. Oh my god. Well, cultic actually isn't even in the top 12. It's number 13. That's true. But, oh, well, but worth noting, it is the only nine down there. Which means mm. it's the only number two game not on the top 10. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, uh, I'm going to take this moment to be like, I originally had Cultic in my I apologize for not playing it in time list. But part of me went, you never know what's up with boomer shooters. We could record mm. this and in the next week something comes out about the death. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I almost had a uh, an honorable mention for Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Just for the experience of being explained to the cuck arc, but I figured it was going to do well enough on its own. Sorry, guy who got number three just from raw sorting of votes. I mean, the only two things that are on my list that I would be willing to kick are where we're stuck, Harvestella and Stray. Hmm. I really did not expect Game of the Year to come down to, okay, Dan, which do you want to kill? <laughs> Stray, the cat former, <laughs> or Harvestella. I have to get past this so we can continue to work. I'd also kind of be okay drowning Elden Ring, but that's just to continue our trend of drowning something wildly popular every year. <laughs> yes. The like, moment I, just... I heard I would have to be on this podcast, I realized, oh no, I'm going to have to be FromSoft's strongest soldier. <laughs> Well, strongest soldier, do you want to put the ball in its head? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I believe that's how it worked. That's why it was Resident Evil 2, where it's just like, one of us really loved it, but do we still have to kill him? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Resident Evil 4 remake's going to make Game of the Year for 2023 fucking hilarious. 
It's either great and makes multiple number ones or it's terrible and it gets on the one list, maybe two, and we just spend the whole time being like, why aren't you better? I don't... Mm, it's rough. Uh, yeah, let's see. Neon White. It's my number eight. It's Chris's number nine. It's Bob seven. So Bob feels the strongest about Neon White. And like I said, I'm willing to just let it go. Okay. That's fucked up. I know. It's messed up, man. I'm just going to take this and bring it over here. Just, just horizontally. I've been in such an odd position because I don't have anything off the list that I would fight to get on the list because I know I couldn't argue it above anything on the list. As a punch win appreciator, I totally understand. I'm not going to sell everyone on the strength of this boxing penguin in this amazing yeah. platformer puzzle game. Yeah, I'm sitting here thinking of like, should I should I set everything on fire to try to shove Escape Revision <laughs> up the chart? <laughs> like I showed them Oza Bozo. If they didn't vote for Cyberpunk, they're not going to. <laughs> it's, fucking, it's 40 minutes. Like the world's worst Voight comp test was everyone just asked me like... Uh, completely bad agent questions where they're like, hey, Dan, we're really interested in your number one. What are the best characters in Gran Turismo 7? <laughs> it's just like, so there's a Lancer, right? <laughs> oh, God. This is awful. This is awful. This is awful. <laughs> yeah, it is already this, awful. This is already we, awful. We can start trying to sort the other stuff and not worry about the fact that we have too many on the list. We could do that. Okay. Okay. <sighs> Let's do that. Here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to go ahead and do the change already to bring neon white to the bottom. And just have it sit at like the bottom of the list. Like this weird top 13 that we're creating. <laughs> right. Okay. I feel strong as hell that Sparks should be better than Elden Ring and Kirby in the Forgotten Land. I will not be reasoned with. I will drink more liquor and get louder. I, I agree. I agree on Elden Ring. I'm not sure I agree on Kirby. So, okay, so in your mind it goes Kirby Spark Elden Ring. Yes. Bob, you've played these three games. Uh, I... I'm okay with Kirby going above Elden Ring, but not Spark. For some reason, it just that's a step too far in my head. That's also how I feel. Agro, you could yell now. <laughs> I cannot imagine the universe in which a 3D Sonic game <laughs> is actually this good. I'm starting to worry you've got, like, Federation worms inside your brain. <laughs> On this episode of Gigaboo's Game of the Year, Agro figures it out. My head cracks open as the worm comes out, and Agro, without an ounce of remorse, just blows me up. Yeah, I mean, I'm not the one to go to for because I'm like, I've never truly loved a Kirby game. Yeah. I'm like, this is another um, astonishingly good Kirby game. What an eight. 
yeah, I th- how I feel about it is also it, it's like an eight. And I had a lot of eights on my list, which was the problem. That's why it's not on my top ten. I feel stronger about Spark by a significant degree. Um, Spark is a game we've been gaslit for decades into believing. Nah, it's not possible. <laughs> uh, you know, in the same way I felt about Mario Odyssey or uh, Pokemon Violet, where you just you hear a lot of people. No, this is good. This is as good as it gets. It never gets that good again. It never gets to be the absolute incredible redefining experience. This is literally that for Sonic 3D Sonic games. A thing that I was told over and over could not be a thing by both fans and the company itself. Um, how about we do this? Okay. <laughs> this is just going to stir up more shit. This isn't going to solve fucking anything. Good. I do think, it. I yeah. think Gran Turismo 7 should be higher than Stray. <laughs> I can respect that. I understand that. Yeah. Like, I have no love for Gran Turismo. I never have. I have always respected it as a thing. As a as a technological achievement. It's got fantastic vibes this year. <laughs> Just like Stray. Okay. I might even say that Stray should go be- beneath Bayonetta 3. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, I think what's happening here. I feel like we're just Bob, we going did, to that part Bob, of the argument. We're, from- we're, we're exploring how we all feel about the pecking order here. Now, Bob, would you say Bayonetta 3 is better than Stray? Yeah, of course. This, this is how this always had to happen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Chris, how do you feel about Stray versus Bayonetta 3? Do you think Bayonetta 3 is stronger than Stray? I didn't play Stray. Uh, for some reason, I was like, wait a minute. Only when I said that sentence did I go, wait, Chris didn't play Stray, did he? I have to abstain. I have no I have no context for Stray at all. I don't even know what that game looks like. <laughs> <laughs> Stray is an excellent execution of a thing, which holistically may make it better than Bayonetta 3, Bob. Hmm. I don't know. When people know. talk about Stray, there are only two sides to the argument. This game is fantastic, and bunch of idiots like this game because it's a cat platformer. It's a cat former. Meanwhile, Beta 3 is like 99% of the people playing it going, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's... Mm, and, I, I, and I really benefit from this argument. The source of argument because no one's played Harvestella. <laughs> what what Agro and I have said is the only thing ever said about Harvestella. After playing Stray and experiencing it all the way through once, mm-hmm. I have no desire to ever do it again. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's one experience, and I don't, I don't know, like that's not enough for me. Whereas Bayonetta, I will be playing this game probably every other year, <laughs> at least. I'm going, please run better. Yes. Please. <laughs> it's okay. The next run could be on an emulator and then it will run well. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I haven't looked into that. And you can't trust people with how well emulators run games. No. If there's one true. thing I've learned in this life, that is it. So, Bob, you think Beta 3 just might be better than Stray? Yes. Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to do it. 
just temporarily I'm gonna do it. Let's see how this feels. <laughs> as I put Bayonetta 3 above Stray. You're very brave and we're all here with you. <laughs> I think I can live with this. Yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess. I had to let one of my two children drown. I'm not fucking thrilled. <laughs> what if we what if we got rid of uh cultic AI and stray and just brought on punch win? See, it's a penguin it's a penguin <laughs> with the boxing gloves, right? Uh, it's really good. <laughs> I might be down for that if we just drop even more things and we oh. get Pokemon Arceus on here. Oh oh, oh my <laughs> god. What uh, things now we're getting a little crazy. <laughs> I don't know, Bob. Kirby fans seem to be a way bigger fan of Kirby in the Forgotten Land than Pokemon fans of Legends Arceus. Is that even true? One second. I, I don't know. Up. I'm like, uh, Legends Arceus got some people to go crazy. Hmm. But Kirby fans are also crazy, so who knows? <laughs> Bob's like, they're already deranged. That's, that's cheating. Hmm. <laughs> I'm going to move straight to number 12. Not gonna like it. Just gonna move it down there and stare at it and be upset. <laughs> um Agro. Yes, sir. I'm looking at your list one moment. God for you. Stray's number eight, Harvestell is number nine. Does anyone want to take a swing at anything to bring it up or down right now and suggest what might slide or where a thing should be? I mean, I'm I'm assuming people are eventually going to start coming for that number seven slot where Harvestella is. Yes, I was about to say Har <laughs> Harvestella should be number ten. And I'm yeah, I, I'm here to say I'm fine with that. I understand there's a lot of top games <laughs> sitting below it on this list. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to move Harvestella. <laughs> I'm going to move Harvestella to number 10. Let's go ahead and bring, at very least, these three number ones on lists mm -hmm. above Harvestella. Yeah, I think that's fair. I have no problem with AI the Somnium Files being above Harvestella, just to be clear. And obviously, Gran Turismo is better than Harvestella. <laughs> Why didn't they write a good story for Bayonetta, Bob? I don't know. They just hate me. <laughs> not only did they not write a good story, they wrote the worst one Platinum <laughs> maybe ever done. Yeah, no, yeah. It's like one of the objectively worst stories possibly written. <laughs> yeah, it is terrible. It is terrible in so many varied ways. That's why I'm fine with it being like bottoming out on the list. It's like, I understand this is just here for Hell me. yeah. Harvestella she about going to job above one more time. Three. Let's fucking go. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's deranged, Dad. What are you doing? <laughs> oh. there's, 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 there's things you want to do because it would feel good that don't make any sense. Like, Chris, work with me. We need to get Spark above Xenoblade Three. <laughs> what? I'm for. I'm for that. I'm sitting here mm. like I feel like Spark 
is great, but also too high. But I don't know how to change it because I'm like, I don't... Mm. Like Elden Ring's like that wall. <laughs> Bob, Ring. Bob, I can suggest how to change it. Okay, yeah. How do it we has to do with Elden Ring. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. This is this is a wild suggestion for a game I've never played. I feel like AI should be above a spark. <laughs> oh. Everything I'll say is the same. What? <laughs> Bob, this is outrageous. How could you suggest something so bold? <laughs> so bold. I'm going to be honest. When we were talking about AI way earlier in the year on Big Thick Dimension, I was like, God damn it. I want to play it so bad. But you can't jump in on the Uchikoshi train here. I didn't have time in the middle of moving and everything else uh, and setting up the new Gigaboots HQ scouting out uh, <laughs> to, to just... I'm going to play every Uchikoshi game. Here we go. God damn it. Fine. <laughs> God damn it. This is bullshit. Gran Turismo should be writing to the top. No fucking AI. <laughs> Look, I haven't even played it, so if anyone wants to say anything else to stop him, Now's the time. I can't let Uchikoshi win that hard. <laughs> no, he should win that hard. <laughs> I rolled a one charisma. I didn't spend literally three months going, no, that can't be my game of the year, right? Surely it has to be something else. And then I played more and more games. I'm like, no, not this. No, not this. No, not this. We spent a lot of the year in the same fucking mindset, my man, as I was like, I don't think anything's replacing GT7. It's just not reasonable to expect that. If I had been re if I had been there mentally and God of War Ragnarok had hit me in the same way, that's the only thing I think would have stood a chance because it is just so radically better than its predecessor. So, Bob. Yeah, what's up? So you want to put a you want to put a fucking Uchikoshi game above Elden Ring and Spark? <laughs> it seems wild. I don't know. So we take Xenoblade down one, and we put Spark at three, and then we put a <laughs> above Xenoblade. Mm, that's bold. <laughs> so Chris, I'm I'm totally for for backing this AI going above Spark thing. <laughs> <laughs> I. I don't want him if to Elden win Ring enough. Doesn't move. <laughs> Elden Ring can stay. I'm completely fine with Elden Ring staying exactly where it is. Wait that's that's really how I feel about it. That's why it was my four. Look, I wish as much as anyone else that Elden Ring was as good as Spark the Electric Jester. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> how about? Hmm, Maybe we should swap where Spark and Kirby are. So you're saying the list would then go Pokemon Violet, God of War Ragnarok, Xenoblade 3, Kirby in the Forgotten Land, Elden Ring, Spark the Electric Jester. Yeah, assuming we don't want to get quirky and move Xenoblade down to like eight. Currently, eight is better than three. So, no, I don't actually want to do that personally. I don't want to replace the thing that I didn't even call out with my number three game. I don't think I'd put Kirby over Elden Ring. 
I don't think I would either. I don't think I would either. Mm. <laughs> it's not even on my mm. list, so I don't. Yeah. But Chris literally did that. <laughs> so maybe maybe Kirby should actually go down. I mean, the, if that involves a Lancer 7 evolution. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I could Kirby. see dropping it under Gran Turismo. That's I got no problem with that. Obviously, I have no problem with that. I'm just, I'm just going to do that real quick. We're going to feel that out. Yeah, One sure. Here, here, here we go. I'm just going to. This one's for you, Dan. You deserve it. I mean, I do because you've been through a lot so far. I'm watching a penguin fucking drown right now. I've been through a lot. It's just weird because that's like all they're good at is swimming. Yeah, isn't that fucking strange that it's just drowning down there and asking me to help See, and I can't? It put too many points into punching. That was that was where it went wrong. It's yeah. really hard to swim with boxing gloves. It really is. Let me look at this I now. I feel like I should try to argue AI above Bayonetta three. Oh, absolutely. Oh, Go I'm giving. It, I'm there all for that. <laughs> No human on earth has heard a summary of Bayonetta 3 story and go, oh, now this I can get into. <laughs> <laughs> Zero humans have done that. However, AI the Somnium Files, everything about it is fucking delightful. Except for Cubed. <sighs> yeah, he's terrible. <laughs> he's like some sort of silly dillo of a human. <laughs> his, his idea of a joke is to yell, inti, inti, pachaka max. Because he's a Japanese TV comedian. Yeah, that oh, sure what? is rough. Oh my god! What a horrible life he leads. <laughs> who, who, who is poor because nobody hires him because that's his idea of a joke. <laughs> Please continue to only talk about things from that game that are not him. <laughs> there, there are many things I assume that are not him in that game. Please choose one of those. Okay, hear me out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm, one moment. <laughs> I've said this several times before. Maybe this time it will say, what if we move Xenoblade down uh, uh, one? All right. And, the, and then Spark just went up one. <laughs> <laughs> Which way can I phrase this? <laughs> Weird. I got, I got something crazy stuck in my ear for a second there. You want to you take that again? <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> then I shuffle off sad. <laughs> What if we brought Pokemon Violet down and put Spark at number one? <laughs> oh my god. I'm, I'm gonna start sharpening a knife. What what if Spark Elden Ring? I mean Xenoblade Spark Elden Ring. What if we just reversed that order? So you're saying Elden Ring Spark Xenoblade? Yeah. How do we feel about that? I mean, I don't have a problem with it, but I need to hear from the Xenoblade players on that one. Yes, I, Xenoblade I meant a lot more to me than than those. I definitely don't think Spark should go any higher under any circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> I would honestly, the more I think of it, I'm like, maybe it should just go right below Elden Ring. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I feel like I'd be okay with moving Elden Ring above Spark. Like, I might have said something different earlier, but but I that's what I'm feeling right now. I'm tolerating this. <laughs> I'm gonna we understand. I'm going to just fucking check this out one moment while I do it. Okay, I have now moved Elden Ring above Spark the Electric Jester 3. And now I'm looking at this list and I'm seeing how I feel. Why the fuck is Spark above Gran Turismo 7? That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> it's now my new emotion. <laughs> 
now that I see that it has crossed this enormous wall, like the one in Asgard. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, right? <laughs> now I'm just like, Gran Turismo 7 is like better than you? <laughs> I don't know. Hmm. There's no way I'm talking. No, no, mm-mm, no, no one's going to hear that. Don't say that. Say it. As my head becomes a cube and I say shit no one wants to hear. <laughs> say it, Dan. No one's gonna, no one's, no one's taking this. No, I'm not, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna no. want to save those points. We, we we did discuss putting AI above Bayonetta, right? I thought I heard that yes. happen. Yeah, and, and, it I, absolutely I, should and go I think there. that should be the case. Yeah. The question is, I feel like, I feel like it should go above Bayonetta. I'm just going to do that one step. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, all I got for Bayonetta is be like, the elevator action segments were really cool. <laughs> they were. Absolutely. They were one of my favorite parts. Now, now, I'm, just, now I'm just thinking fighting out to keep it above Harvestella. <laughs> <laughs> There's just the one point here. Bob's like, give me <laughs> this. Retain some pride. <laughs> That'd be nice. As I stare at Stray off this fucking <laughs> list. Right. Yeah, retaining some pride would be fucking awesome. <laughs> Let me just read this, okay? I'm going to read this. Yeah. Pokemon Violet, God of War Ragnarok, Xenoblade 3, Elden Ring, Spark the Electric Jester 3, Gran Turismo 7, Kirby in the Forgotten Land, AI the Somnium Files, Nirvana Initiative, Bayonetta 3, Harvestella, Cultic Stray, Neon White are below 10. So, Chris, yes, you and I uh, are equal in our love of Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Yes. And I have heard some crazy shit about uh, Nirvana Initiative. So I will defer to you about whether that should step over Kirby. I think it should. Because while I I love Kirby in the Forgotten Land... It mostly just does stuff that lots of Nintendo games do already. And lots of Kirby games do already. It's a polished mirror, but there's something to be said for the sheer weight of how much crazy shit you can stuff into a game. Yeah, there's the sheer weight of pro ZD voices a guy who uh, has a a hideous deformity. So he always dresses as like a snow cone mascot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he also he also has superhuman strength. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, I didn't get to say this. Uh Ratatoskers is awesome. There we go. <laughs> Who's also pro ZD, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, He's also a master chef. It, having having heard a lot about Aeon AI the Somnium Files on Big Think earlier this year and looked into all of the Uchikoshi games, wondering when and where to get in. And having also completely played through and basically 100%ed Kirby in the Forgotten Land, I too feel like if I had played AI the Somnium Files, it should go above Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Is this the punchline guy? I always get him mixed up. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I should go above You it. You know my punchline <laughs> opinions. <laughs> hmm. I still haven't played the game, though. I'm just going to post the character that a pro ZT voice is in AI the Oh, no. Files. I'm oh. going to have to look at another oh, no. one of them. <laughs> Huh. <laughs> He's so strong. I didn't know Outlast got added to Fortnite. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> know. Jesus, he's fucking buff. 
I thought this was a he's really strong despite what he looks like. No, this dude is clearly <laughs> jacked. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna say that goes above Kirby. Bob, you yeah, just agreed I agree. On that. Okay, I'm gonna move that up. Move uh, Kirby down. I can hear a thousand Kirby fans deeply upset. And yet, I can do anything to Bayonetta 3, and I won't hear any Bayonetta fans except for the one right next to me. <laughs> there are literally tens of us. <laughs> I'm a Bayonetta fan. I just, I, th I think it needs to learn. Sometimes, ba sometimes somebody needs to be punished so they can learn. <laughs> Well, Dan, right this moment, I think you've got bigger fish to fry. Oh, yeah? Uh, well, we never did quite finish uh, your thought on Gran Turismo v. Spark the Electric Jester. I don't know how. <laughs> you know what? I'm just, we're just going to be, I'm going to be an open book. I have no idea how Gran Turismo 7 did get on Bob's list. I understand not being in a mood for the game. That's how God of War Ragnarok did it get on mine. Mm -hmm. uh, but Gran Turismo 7 is absolutely a transformative. It is the peak of that fucking genre. Nothing will possibly come close anytime soon. And I am at this point hoping that they're making another tourist trophy over there at Polyphony Digital. I want them to go back to the motorcycle game because trying to make something better than Gran Turismo 7 is a fool's errand. <laughs> I'm very excited to see what Chris Isaki is working on over at Forza Motorsport with the new one. Because I do not know how you step to this. Spark the Electric Jester 3 is fantastic. It is a great game. If it was number three, I would live with that, even though my own list did not reflect that in the least. <laughs> However, I do believe Gran Turismo 7 is better than it because Spark the Electric Jester has these really long cutscenes that are told with absolutely no money. Also, I think the game could have been better served by being a little bit longer. Like maybe even just an hour, an hour and a half, two hours. Would have been nice. It is great that they put those levels from two into three, but still, you know what's in Gran Turismo 7? <laughs> A bunch of Lancers. <laughs> um, you know, I, I feel like normally I wouldn't address this, but I'm going to hear uh, there are a lot of people who did not play the game who had thoughts on the monetization. As someone who's played Gran Turismo the whole time since the PS2, I do not think there's a meaningful difference to me in the least progression wise. Like, yeah, they'll let a crazy person go and spend $20 to not play the game for 11 minutes. But that's insane. And I shouldn't sit there and be like, I don't make more money. And that person gets to spend real dollars on this. It did not affect my enjoyment at all. And no point did I think of selling a car because the whole point is to collect them like Pokemon. You don't so, sell your Pokemon? I do not! <laughs> Someone in Pokemon was like, hey, if I cremate your Pikachu, I'll give you $10. And I sit there and go, ooh. <laughs> uh, I genuinely think this is an amazing game. I don't see any shortcomings in it. The, the adaptive triggers and haptic feedback are incredible to the point where the desire to get a driving wheel basically drained out of me entirely. It is such an incredible experience on this controller. I would honestly say this might be the best experience I've had with a DualSense. So yeah, it should go above Spark the Electric Jester 3. <laughs> Bob, what do you think? I could, I could see that. 
people seem to like AI and Spark or AI and Gran Turismo a lot. Maybe Spark goes below both of those. I mean, I agree with that because it makes my thing go higher too. <laughs> I'm I'm also fine with that, but only because in the last like hour. I've just kind of grown to resent Spark for showing up over Elden Ring when the list first got posted. <laughs> and now that I've beaten it, I just want to punish it. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I think I gave Spark the highest score out of any of us. Yes, I did. And I, I totally, it's still high even compared to what I gave it. Because it's in fifth place right now, and I gave it number six. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so obviously, objectively, numerically, there's something wrong that is this high. So we should drop that below those two number ones. Okay, Bob. Now, as I do this, as I bring Grand Turismo Seven up and AI initiative or AI the Somnium files up, and drop Spectre, sorry, Spark. <laughs> The electric jester right down there above Kirby, both of which flaunting, flexing on Bayonetta 3. Do you want to make any crazy arguments about Kirby? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, obviously, I see a lot more value in Bayonetta 3 than Kirby, but I'm not going to be able to do this. (laughs) I don't think it can pass that wall, and I understand that. But you have to understand you get you get lots of different costumes for Bayonetta. You get to dress like she's some weird Tokyo ite. Uh-huh. And that's pretty cool. You, you do the same thing in Kirby. That's true. You go to extra missions after you beat the game where you get literally new weapons that completely like give you whole new movesets to mess around with. That also happens in Kirby. Yeah, but a Kirby moveset's like three moves. This is like that's true. dozens. <laughs> <laughs> that's all it takes to check that box <laughs> I'm sorry yeah. everything's getting reduced to a checkbox Bob <laughs> the Kirby checklist is looking pretty good <laughs> do you play elevator action Kirby I don't think so oh my god he's right no but yep. there is a fishing minigame mm. mm-hmm. I actually didn't see that that's oh, true man, it's the best. I did a ton of that while you were gone you can play a two-player, too, and just completely dunk on your roommate who's never done it while you've been doing it for an hour uh, before they showed up. Man, That's this great. really is a Kirby game. <laughs> I'm surprised you're so bad at the buffet race that I've trained on for years <laughs> of my childhood. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I understand. I understand Bane as placement. I can't say anything about the story that's good. Yeah, that's, that's, that, that's the big thing. I'd be so okay with it being being at number seven or, e- if it just, or even higher above AI if it just wasn't. Yeah, the story's entirely horrible. There's I, like not a single good part of it. If it locked a solid 60, I would feel a lot more positive that, on Bayonetta That 3. would also help a lot. And I know asking Platinum to lock in 60 frames per second is... uh. You're asking for a lot. Ask asking anything on the Switch to lock sixty is a is a lot. That's true. They played the hand they were dealt the best they could, except for the story in which they got given. You know, they were dealt a royal flush and then turned in four cards. Four new ones. I've got this really cool trick for the story. You hit the minus button, the R2 button at once. This cutscene skips. (laughs) Wow, that's actually, that's a much more desirable way to play that video game. 
How unfortunate. One, one good thing in the story. Uh-huh. You go to the Platinum Games office and they have a Lappy uh, standee. That's true. That's true. Lappy makes everything better. Yes. Not good. Does it, it apologize? Do- <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Hmm. <laughs> at a certain point you got to look at what you've accomplished to just settle yeah just be like <laughs> just, that car is not driving any further damn <laughs> this is absolutely not happening uh and i said sit here and try to be reasonable and be like should xenoblade 3 be lower i mean i literally gave it third place and so did bob but agro didn't place it at all and chris gave it number 10 but I'm like, that means Elden Ring goes up. And I, and, and, and. <laughs> yeah, I could live in a world where Xenoblade went down, but not where Elden Ring went up the third. <laughs> right, that's like, it's yeah. impossible. Yeah, and I, like that's that's what uh, I knew in this room, this was my optimal outcome. <laughs> <laughs> and and I feel like if, if there's no way we could put Gran Turismo at three. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> It's just a car flipped up and doing the Jeb Bush pose in front of the map. It's like it's like when they put the the car in uh in, in fighting vipers. Yes. <laughs> okay. So I'm I'm going to say a true sentence. Okay. And then I want to feel out the room's reaction to it. <laughs> As a game, God of War Ragnarok was finished. When they shipped it. Oh, no, he's starting this. <laughs> Anybody have any <laughs> thoughts about that? <laughs> I like God of War Ragnarok a lot. I I can't co-sign any attempt to push it over Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, Pokemon really did feel like that. Oh, my God, Pokemon is safe again. It's a good series. Oh, no. Thank you. Uh yeah, God of War was kind of like heavily iterative sequel kicks the shit out of the previous game more at 11. <laughs> Let me put it this way. Pokemon Violet is burning trash fire on a performance run. It looks like the mountains are melting. I told an AI to draw a mountain from po- from Pilotwing 64 and that's how Pokemon Violet looks. The game's still a fucking 10 and Elden Ring and fucking God of War are on my list. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. No, I didn't. Like I said, I was surprised to learn that God of War Ragnarok might be my favorite video game. Uh, So I had to at least raise that question. No, 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 no. I'm just. That is absolutely fucking fair because once again, that game is done and they do incredible things with the story. There's a lot of gameplay improvements over the prior one. This game would absolutely be on my list if 2018 didn't exist. If this was their first outing like this, Holy right? shit. This would have just been an absolute what the fuck were they cooking <laughs> <Yeah>. moment <laughs> of just like, yo, Sony Santa Monica's apparently jeering. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe this shit? Ah. Uh. In no world can I argue Xenoblade above God of War. In no world do I think Xenoblade lands below Elden Ring. But that's me. Yeah, I feel like we're kind of in gridlock now. I think we're, yeah. Yeah, back and forth. Because, like, I would not stand for Xenoblade going above God of War. And I know (laughs) I'm not getting Elden Ring above the greatest (laughs) cuck arc in history. (laughs) 
right? I, I even like put Xenoblade above God of War on my list, and I don't feel okay doing that on this list. I didn't even put God of War on my list, and still, I don't think... I don't think it makes sense right. to put Xenoblade Chronicles 3 above God of War Ragnarok. Just like I don't think it makes sense to put God of War Ragnarok above Pokemon Violet. Despite the fact, yeah, that game's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> that is a, yeah, it is. That is a dumpster fire of a video game. It was fucking incredible, <laughs> though. It, it's, it's a testament to how good Pokemon Vi- Scarlet and Violet are that I'm like, yeah, this is runs at 20, but it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> you know what helps being a fucking turn-based JRPG? Yeah. Yeah. If that, if, if that was an action game that was requiring me to hit buttons, then performance issues would be a problem. Bob. <laughs> <laughs> With your fucking bayonets. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I got used to playing Bayonetta on PS3. I can adapt. <laughs> Bob's like, I'm just built different from you, Dan. Um, okay, yeah, I think we're pretty. I, I think we're locked at the top, and mm-hmm. I'm looking in the middle now, and I think we're locked there too. The only movement that could happen is Spark going below Kirby, and mm. I don't, I don't feel that personally because while that Kirby game is amazing. Yeah, no good. No Kirby game is as good as a great Sonic game. That's a bold fucking statement. Please <laughs> fill the comments with your thoughts on that one. We're gonna drive this engagement to the uh, moon. <laughs> uh, you know what, Bob's spitting. <laughs> there are too many Sonic games for me to sign off on that statement. Where I'm just like, great Sonic games, specifically two, three, Knuckles, Sonic Adventure two. Yeah, I don't. Mm. Yeah, no. The, the, that's why it has to have that modification of a great Sonic great game. Sonic game. <laughs> yeah, there aren't many. There's. Yeah, but then when you frame it like that, it feels way more devastating as a statement. Because mm-hmm. the Kirby franchise is full of a lot of safe eights and sevens. Yes, it sure is. And <laughs> Sonic has like a couple of nines and a bunch of fives and fours. <laughs> right. Yes. Which is why it's really <laughs> fucked up to say it like that. Because you're just like, if we ignore me and my 700 stupid relatives who suck shit and are alcoholics, we're total chads compared to your family. <laughs> so in the wake of Bob having said that, does anybody want to revisit Bayonetta 3 and Harvestella? <laughs> I have I have nothing to offer because I didn't play Harvestella. I could say, yeah, if I play Harvestella, I'd almost certainly like it more in Bayonetta three. But that's meaningless. I'm speaking in pure theoretical. Mm-hmm. Okay, then I let wouldn't me, really fight for it. I was just tempting Dan. Let, let me let me throw out uh, a, a, a theoretical statement. Okay, okay, Chris, how do you feel about this? Bayonetta three belongs at the bottom of our list. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. <laughs> It, I can't. it is on the list. It is on the list that way, but it knows it did wrong, like a cat that you had to shove its face into the into the carpet. I can live with that. I understand what Bayonetta three did was wrong. <laughs> Having Bayonetta sit at number ten is a, it feels like an almost statement, like a box that's labeled "only stupid assholes sit in this box." Really, it's our moral responsibility to put Bayonetta at number 10. They better make another Bayonetta. Mm-hmm. And it better be good. Or this was all for nothing. 
don't, don't worry. They have that new one that's $60. Uh, okay, can we just not even acknowledge that thing exists? Because that's, culturally speaking, what's going to happen. Yeah. Like, Bob is the only, like, what was it? Chris was like, the only thing I'm ever going to hear about that new bayonet is Bob talking about it on a big think dimension. D- Dan? Uh-huh. We all have to pray we don't ever hear anything about it. Because if we do, it'll be about the story. <sighs> Maybe it'll be really good, though. <laughs> Maybe the story will be great this time. Hey, it's harder to be worse than Bayonetta 3 stories. So there you go. It's got to be up from here. Right? Hello? <laughs> Loon sound? Calm me, please. <laughs> okay. Um, this looks correct. I was like, <laughs> started from the bottom, still there. <laughs> I I wish we filmed my face as I stare at this. I'm making the funniest fucking face in the world. As I'm just like, are you? Is this right? Half smiling, half like confused look. It seems seems correct. I know, I know Agro would have preferred Trigal Strategy got on. Bob would have preferred if Legends Arceus got on. And I would have preferred if Punchwin got on. Yeah, I wish yeah. Sifu could get on, but no one else was that enamored with it. I mean, the one thing I can say is that, like, this, li- this list looks weird, but this list looks like us. <laughs> yeah. Bob, let me let me put it this way, and maybe you could be more positive mm-hmm. about the fact I didn't play Sifu enough to negotiate it on this list, because I would be negotiating paying a three off the list for Sifu. Right. <laughs> also, I feel bad I didn't play Coltic. Also, I feel bad that Stray isn't on our top ten. Also, I feel fucking bad that Neon White is not on our top ten. It really does just start to feel like shit somewhere around number 10. <laughs> You're just like, ah, oh, goddamn it. Seriously. I think this is it, though. I'm going to read it again out loud and see how it feels. Pokemon Violet and Scarlet. Huh? Mostly Scarlet. Yeah, mostly Scarlet. No, I'm pretty sure it's mostly Violet. Chris? No, yeah, it's, mo- it's mostly Violet. <laughs> Violet has Iron Valiant in it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I don't know. I got that Jigglypuff with Spam. Yeah, Screamtail. <laughs> Pile all your fucking robots up against Screamtail. No dice. Okay, so so Pokemon Skylet <laughs> at number one. God of War Ragnarok at number two. Xenoblade Chronicles at number three. Elden Ring at number four. Gran Turismo at number seven. Wait. No, Gran Turismo <laughs> 7 at number five. AI The Somnium Files, Nirvana Initiative at number six. Spark the Electric Jester 3 at number seven. Kirby and the Forgotten Land at number eight. Harvestella at number nine. And Bayonetta 3 at number 10. And even though this doesn't matter, I'm just going to read the next three anyways. Uh, Cultic Stray and Neon White. <laughs> I feel like the only vague fluidity in this list is somewhere around Spark and Kirby, and I won't let it happen. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think this might be I, it. I can respect that. Yeah. I think this I think I think this is it, Bob. I think this is it. Unless Chris wants to make some argument for AI above Gran Turismo. But that's the only place I could see potential movement. Everything else feels really locked. No, I can't. All right. 
I've seen that game. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wow, if I liked racing games, this would be like a cultural reset. <laughs> Here's the amazing part. <laughs> we probably won't see another driving simulator contest for top 10 for a while. I can't imagine. Yeah, I mean, these games only come out once a generation, pretty much, and even not in the last few. <laughs> yeah. Even- I'm, I'm, ex- I'm excited to put it on my game of the year list next year and be like, v- parentheses, VR. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, this shit's like doing cocaine. It's really great. And I'm like, I'm too scared. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess that's going to do it. Gonna read it again. Here's the top 10 games of 2022 from Gigaboots. Podcast Network. Pokemon Skylit as number one. God of War Ragnarok is number two. Xenoblade Chronicles 3 at number three. Elden Ring at number four. Gran Turismo 7 at number five. AI The Somnium Files Nirvana Initiative at number six. Spark the Electric Jester 3 at number seven. Kirby in the Forgotten Land at number eight. Harvestella at number nine. And Bayonetta 3 at number ten. Because it knows what it did. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's going to do it. Thank you, everyone, for listening to all of these Game of the Year podcasts. I hope you're all fully satisfied with the placement. I'm sure you won't voice anything in the comments. Please look forward to next year where the categories get weird because we won't have some sort of cryptid cat thing to contest for Scrimblo and all these Pokemon designs dominating best character design. Yeah. Hey, guys, I have great news. What's the great mm. news? It is now the longest possible amount of time before we have to do Game of the Year again. And that feels awesome. That is pretty great. <laughs> That's so good. I'm, I'm going to watch, like, fucking movies. <laughs> you, you remember <laughs> movies? I get to watch those. That's going to be good. I mean, but you know what happens when cramming for Game of the Year ends, right? Hmm. Cramming for Game of the Year starts. Oh. Why, why do you say that? I'm so positive and happy until... Whatever, at least he didn't get triangle strategy on the list. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs>